Here we go. Perfect shot. Holy crap. This is the Killer Outdoors podcast. Oh, so red it's, button. It's funny. The red buttons the have red been button, hit. man. <laughs> well, everyone, we got another Killer Outdoors podcast coming to you now. And I actually got a, a great privilege of having one of my good friends. Uh, this is uh, Dallin Casperson. Dallin, thanks for joining us today. Of course, man. So we have known each other, man. I, I'm trying to think back to, I mean, your family's been from Twin Falls, Idaho since. Yeah. I mean, no, you were born yeah, here. Our, yeah, I was born here. Our dads graduated high school together. So I don't, know, I don't know if you knew that. I, I don't know if I knew that they graduated together. Yeah, but same year. Well, same year. There yeah. you go. So that's uh, that's way back in. So it's been a long, a long time. time. <laughs> and, and it's funny too because our families have been pretty much like intertwined mm-hmm. throughout it. Because your older brother was friends with my older brother Brady, yeah. and then your younger brother was friends with my younger brother, yeah. and then of course we we were a year apart. You're yeah. a year younger than yeah. me. And so we didn't have the same friend group. So I would say in like high school, it's not like we were hanging out or we knew of each other. Yeah. We would end up at certain places or. No. Yeah. We had some mutual friends and um, I don't. Yeah. We weren't like hanging out by any mean stretch of the imagination as much. You know, I think now in our adult life, we've become a lot closer than we were in high school is what I would say. Oh, oh, definitely. We've been known each other our, our whole lives. So we mm-hmm. were off and on. And like you said, it's our adult lives that we've really come full circle because we kind of like met back up in, in college, played basketball and stuff together. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah. We met back up at Utah State, and that's really where I started getting into hunting because I played football. So when you play high school football, you don't really get to go big, at least big game hunting. I would go shoot ducks and stuff like right. that, but I didn't get a big game hunt and, really and you, at all. you were into the extreme sports side. Yeah, so that's like also with my family is – I didn't grow up a hunter either. Like I yep. did hunter safety when I was 16, went deer hunting one time with my dad up in the South Hills. Um, shot a, they, my family jokes with me because I shot this buck and I actually shot its back leg off. So they always call me tripod. <laughs> nice. so, um, now they're like, Oh, you mighty hunter. Do you remember tripods? So every time I come back from a hunting trip, they're like, did you tripod it? Nice. You know? So never my, let you live that one down. No. And I was using my grandpa's like, old old 223 and i remember it was like rainy and like the scope fogged yeah. up and i could barely like i just saw what i thought was a deer <laughs> and shot <laughs> and sometimes that happens and yeah. eventually you probably you probably got him no no he, no we never found never him. found that's, him. that's the worst so part that that deer could boogie on three legs that's all I there you say. go so if it comes across a three like a deer we know where he yeah came from. yeah yeah so he was a, and he was a nice deer my dad was like that was probably the nicest deer i'd ever seen of and course. he's he's not a hunter either, but that's still kind of saying something. Definitely, but, but that's the thing. Back. Yes, you yeah. didn't you didn't grow up hunting. No, no, I got into hunting because I loved no, I loved it, and I loved the idea of it. Like I grew up wanting to be a mountain man, but like my family, and to say that none of my family hunts, I wasn't like in a picked on family at all. Like I had so many opportunities to do other things, going mountain biking, skiing, yeah. you know, wakeboarding and water skiing, and doing all those things. It was. We just had different priorities. Well, and, and, and within life, let's be honest, you have to. Yeah. It's not like you can be a hunter, be an athlete, also do the extreme sports like you are doing, mm-hmm. and then also be 
in the library all the time reading books. I, I yeah, mean, it's, you, can, you, you, you kind of kind of pick your hobbies a little bit, yeah. Especially later on in life. Oh, it, for it, sure, for uh, sure. Because because you're married, have kids, so it's like you know more than anyone, especially like all of us do that have a family. You really have to kind of prioritize what really brings you happiness. Oh, for sure. And now it's like when I get married and have kids. Like if I knew, if I could go back to like that when I started hanging out with you again, Utah State, Dallas and Logan, Utah, learning how to bow hunt. Mm-hmm. If I could like take my knowledge that I have now about deer and elk and big game and stuff and give that to him with all the time right. that he had to go hunting. It's true. We waste a lot of time when we had a lot of time. And now when you have jobs, kids, family, and you don't have much time, yeah. now is when you really want to do it. Yeah. I just look back. I'm like, you idiot. But you're you, so dumb. you killed a really good buck in Utah. Didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I killed a good buck. Like your, was that your first buck with your buck? Yeah, so um, how I got into hunting was my uh, mission. I went on a mission to Argentina, right? And I had a companion that was really into bow hunting. And I was into hunting. like So I drew an elk tag right before I went on my mission. So I would, was out of high school but hadn't gone to college, waiting to go on my mission. And I went on this elk hunt with some friends. We had no idea what we were doing. Had a great time for like six yeah. days camping. Really, we just camped with guns. And, um, what guys want to do, yeah, <laughs> just be out there in the wilderness. <laughs> and, uh, so I, we talked about that as me and this mission companion. And he said, Hey, when we get back, there's some good opportunities. If you're going to be in Utah, like they have their extended archery opportunities where you can hunt from August 15th till December 20th or something like that. It's like, that's not the biggest animals, but you could go hunting. So I got back from back. We hooked back up. I bought a PSC bow for $150. PSE works. I've been using it for the last 10 years. That's what I'm rocking. You know, PSE Bow Madness 32, I think it was. Um, And I remember our first time going hunting. um, uh, It was like August 15th opener. And that evening, a six by six bull walks out in full velvet, which would have been like now. How cool of a trophy that would have been. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. You know, would have been the best. And I could, was shaking so bad that like, the bow is just going side. Well, it's one of those you're trying to pull the bull back, and, and it just, it just I, doesn't I feel right. It, I had to give it like two or three tries because I was breathing so heavy, and I sailed it clear over his back, missed him. But then the next year, we went hunting again, and in that same spot, I had that same shot. This five by five buck walks out right at last light, and I had totally committed to hunting at that point, full committed to shooting my bow every day, running, being in shape, being in good physical condition, and. I'm really committing to it and shot him, went double lunged him, went 20 yeah. yards and piled up. And so that was kind of from that really that moment on, I was like, and, it, and it's, it's a great buck. Like it's yeah. not a bad buck. No, so I, I you'll have to send me those pictures so I can, yeah, I can post them here. He scored high 160s, low 170s, depending on what time I, I scored him, you know, when you're learning how to score too. Yeah. So. He was for a first year, but that and you're talking still. You really only hunted now for maybe two years. I, I yeah, mean, that was probably it was almost exactly a year from when I missed that bull my first time ever bow hunting. And this year is probably like your first serious year. Yeah, year, yeah. I would you would say mm-hmm. right. Yeah, exactly. And so it was it was pretty cool. A good way to start your career. <laughs> yeah, a good right? way to start my career. And then. Um, then the obsession, much to what my wife hates, the obsession happened. I'm going to laugh, too, because <laughs> she sent me a picture yesterday, and I think it was to my wife. And she's like, oh, listen to the podcast. Sounds so professional. It's weird listening to someone, you know. And I'm like, I can't wait till she listens to her husband's podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's so so uh, please be nice to Dallin when he gets home, <laughs> um, when you hear this. But yeah. uh, because that's that's the thing. Of course, it's, it's a passion, right? 
oh, yeah. hunting. And, and, and to, to me too, out of many things that you can do, of course there can be money involved in, in anything you do, but for hunting and like fishing, anything outdoors wise, at least you physically are going to take care of your body to a point where like you can do what you love. Oh, for sure. So it, it is a lifestyle. Like you kind of mentioned there yeah. for your deer hunt. It's like you, you decide, okay, I'm going to actually train. I'm actually going to practice shooting. I'm going to, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it ha- you have to do that to have yeah. the results that you're going to want to have. For sure. And I, like talking about my wife, I don't think like sometimes people like she had never actually seen me. So my prim- primary thing I like to do is bow hunt. Um, is like, that's what I love the most. Yeah. I, I will rifle hunt and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those hunts where I had a rifle in hand, but, um, I, uh, she had never seen me shoot a bow ever like in the 10. Now we're going on 10 years of marriage. She had never seen me shoot my bow. And then I was at my parents' house. My parents have some property and I was shooting at target, like 120 yards or something like that. She's like, and she watched me pull back, hit it. And there's that moment of silence. And then when you're shooting that distance and then hear the thunk. Yeah. She's like, what? Yeah. You hit the target? I'm like, yeah. And I hit it in the lungs because it was like on the deer. And she's like, wow. I'm a, she's like, I didn't realize how good of a shot you were. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, I, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I'm like, right. But doing this for a minute, for 10 years now, essentially, because that first year I got into bow hunting was our first year of marriage. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which you really got to juggle things <laughs> in that first year. Honestly, it's the first yeah. five years, but yeah. No, absolutely. So so she's impressed, right? Yeah, so she was like, oh, wow. So all this time you've been shooting, it's actually for something. I'm like, yeah, you know, so I don't screw up. Well, and that's like, it's kind of funny. Like you were just saying that, like, if you could go back to college, Dallin, so to speak, it's like, think if you had all the knowledge, all the practice and everything, and you got put in that same situation with a velvet six-point bull in front of you, it's a different story. The shot was like 35 yards, Marcus. I know. And and around, (laughs) and those, at least, if you haven't hunted Idaho, 35 yards, you dream about. You're 70, 75 yards. I would, at least in my experience... That's that. If I can get to that point, great. Yeah. Like seal the deal at this point. Yeah. My cow, I shot a cow elk this year and I believe it was at 80. Yeah. And just here because you don't, you don't have the cover in most places. And it's it was just... open, pulled back, draw, went double under. She went, yeah. went 10 yards and fell over. That's awesome. You know, I mean, that's, you go back, all that practice pays off. I wish it was a six point velvet bull, but don't it, we all? It was the last hour, the last minute. Like, <laughs> And they taste great. Ten minutes later, that it was dark outside, yeah. you know. So that was the last possible luck we could we could shoot it that day. So, no, yeah. that's awesome. Hey, and you were successful. Still have the full experience. Doesn't matter if it has antlers or it doesn't. You're still out there enjoying the things that you love. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and normally you're doing it with friends or with family, someone that's also enjoying it with you. Which I think that's the best part about what we do is it, it's not something you have to do by yourself. No, you can. But it's always more enjoyable with others. No, I used to love hunting by myself, actually, because you didn't have to worry about decisions of other people. You know, like you get into like what I've heard you guys talking about, like that killer mindset, like you want to go kill something. Sometimes by yourself is the best way to do it. But once you have like a good hunting partner or a friend, it's really hard to beat that. (laughs) Someone that like you don't have to worry about those decisions of hunting by yourself. So you're really synced up with them. So that's Jesse Regal is my really good friend and hunting partner. We go everywhere together. When you had some adventures with him, oh, we've had some, we've had some, which good I'm hoping times. you're going to talk about. Yeah, we uh, with maybe, us maybe, here. yeah, we need to probably jump to that. But um, yeah, where you don't have to worry. It, you're on the same page. You don't have to worry about them. They don't have to worry about you. You're yeah. after the same goals too. And and ultimately, when you're out there as well, hunting or, or doing whatever, if you don't have someone with you, you could get yourself into some sticky situations oh, or hurting definitely. yourself. Yeah. 
I mean, you hear horror stories of people getting stranded up there, or even you can get lost. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how that's possible, but people do it. It, yeah. it just it happens. And at least if you have that second person, you fall and you twist your ankle, you break your foot. At least someone's there that they can get off the mountain to go get help. If you don't have a satellite phone, if you don't have something, you're literally putting yourself out there. Oh, definitely. And the times where I've hunted by myself, I have noticed like there's a barrier I won't cross. You know, where it's like if I'm committing to like this spot, it's gonna be. I'm coming out zero dark 30. It's going to be late, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, probably not going to do that. Cause there's something like that were to happen. Right. But um, with you're with someone that you trust, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we can go do this. Cause if something happens, there's two of us, you know, just like you said, definitely. So. And, and it's kind of funny. You talk about who you've been hunting with, with Jesse. I almost should have just told him to come on with you because I should, you know, I should have, I was texting him on my way over here. Too. <laughs> well, it's funny, but it's all right. We'll get him on another one. Yeah. Um, but he should probably tell his side of the story to some of these hunts as well, but it seems like they won't be as exciting as your time of the story. Probably not. But I mean, he had a good <laughs> specifically had... one of your sheep hunts that yeah. you've been on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was pretty lucky. I uh He's okay, and I have to preface this too. Dallin says he's pretty lucky. <laughs> he is unbelievably lucky. Yeah. And and what what's funny too is like so we've been doing a lot of these videos and of course Brady, he's gone a lot of sheep hunts himself mm-hmm. or other people that we've talked with. Um and every you get the comment every time. Sheep hunting is a rich man's sport. Which I, I can agree. Because yeah. it is, it, it costs money. It takes time and effort. Of course, it's like you got to have that backing. But I think it's for those that work hard. Yeah. If you bust your butt and you build something within a business or build income and you can spend it on things like this, fantastic. Or if you don't do it that route, you do it the Dallin route. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which um, all of us, I think, would love to do it Dallin's way. So uh, how my way started was. Me and you, you were in the truck with me and Jesse and a couple other friends. We went down to Western Hunt Expo. Um, I feel like I got to tell the beginning of it. Too, 100%. And this is perfect, too, because yeah. this, the, the show's happening in, what is it, a week? Two couple weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks yeah. Two weeks. Which I will be there again. And probably doing the exact <laughs> same thing I'm doing again. the exact same thing again. And I told Marcus, and I think I, at the time, I, I think I spent $1,500 is what I spent. I'm like, I bought raffle tickets in their sheep camp um, giveaway that and, they do. And just so everyone understands how this works, I... Because some people don't realize what happens at the hunt show. So the hunt show, you can go down and there's like the, is it $5 hunts? Mm-hmm. Is, is that those? Like you could put in, it's just like, can you put in as many times as you want in those $5? No, the $5 ones, you can only, you can get one name in the in the hat for each one. But right. there's like 150 of them or something. So like 150 that. different hunts are in this little section. And I could pay yeah. $5. Technically, I could enter all of them. Yeah. And there could be 1,000 people. There could be 100 people in the hunt. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. So anyone that, that hasn't been a, a participant at this show, you got to go in and, and, and put in $50 mm-hmm. in random ones. Because you yeah. just never know, right? Yeah. And I always think my grandpa always would say, like, we'd go to these Ducks Unlimited raffles, dinners and stuff. And, and I don't know if it was him that said it. And I could be pulling this completely off the charts. That's not right. But he would always say, it's like, well, well, someone's got to win. Why not you? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. someone does, but exactly. you, you can't win if your name's not in the hat. Yeah. And but so there's those $5 entries. And then there are kind of like the elite hunts, like yeah. the, 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 the once in a lifetime hunts. It's mm-hmm. almost like what I would say. And, and those, I think there is no cap. Right. So they have different rules of each one. So the sheep camp itself is a nonprofit, I believe. Um, Kuyu's heavily involved in it. Um, I know Epic Outdoors now is heavily involved in it also. So they give away, I think, 13 or 14 sheep hunts, like legit, 
legit sheep hunts. Like like, like doll hunts. Doll, stones, stones, desert, all four. You could go in if so if you need to complete your slam, need a rocky, there's a rocky bin. Yeah. You know, and so they're just these big bins and each one, so like there's a, always a doll bin where if you've never killed a sheep, right? And that's where I put mine in, my tickets yeah. in order. You never killed a sheep. So I put my all my tickets in a lot of my tickets in that one. Um and my buddy Jesse was there was with me too and he put tickets in. And I remember and so they had different rules, like never kill the stone. You can, you can put in this one. And they have ways to, I don't know how they verify it, but obviously they're going to. For sure. Um, I just remember running into Brady right beforehand. I don't know if you remember this. And he's like, you're such, he's like, he looked at me, he's like, you're such an idiot. Well, Why are you putting money in that? Like, you're not going to win. And, and everyone has to understand why this is, is like Dallin just said, he just spent $1,500. I doubled down. Okay, I did on, what I did. On raffle tickets. So... By no means does that guarantee that he's going to draw anything, and he could walk away and $1,500 is just donated to the cause. That's at yeah. least the good thing, right? It's, a, it's, it's technically it's, a nonprofit. It's not like you went to the casino and you just burned $1,500. It was donated to a good cause. Yeah. Like It's all about conservation, mm-hmm. especially sheep hunting. If it doesn't keep things in balance and check and money's not coming in, resources aren't there available to keep this thing going. Exactly. So, so yeah, I just have to, like, because that is why Brady's like, you are, because I'm not going to lie, I came down for the circus show <laughs> because I heard you were doing this and I'm cheap myself and I think I put 20 bucks in the $5 yeah, things. Yeah, And I'm like, I'm just here for the show because I'm huh. going to be really upset or upset for you, I guess, or maybe for your wife. I'm like, <laughs> Dallin's going to go home with $1,500 gone and his wife's going to be like, what the crap did you just do? Yeah. Does she was... fully know this story too? She know I I don't know if she actually knows that dollar amount, but now okay. she does. It doesn't well, matter. It's anymore. out there. Yeah, it's done. And so you were taking a a, a big gamble, I, but but you also were very strategic with this. Like yeah. In your think, I remember you're like, oh, it's like you had all these like theories. Like if I do this, like my percentage is this, and it's like it's the best chance yeah, I, I have. I have or... a game. I have a game to it. <laughs> okay, and. Granted, and I, I and I might not reveal the details of said. Yeah, game you can't to give your public, secrets okay? away. But I had a game and I had a strategy to it, right? And I went in with that strategy, and part of it was putting into the nut. You'd never kill the sheep and some other stuff with it. And I played the game and I won. And I remember I was sitting there, and we were going through, and we need me and Jesse. This is our first year going, and um, you and our other buddies had left yeah. and were walking around the show. You'll and you can, and you guys came back in I, right before I the draw. I came back right before the draw. And what's and you have to preface you have to kind of tell this a little bit because remember they were doing this like kind of a interesting like they pull out the winning ticket. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they pulled out this. the new winning ticket and they were like from Idaho and me and Jesse look at each other. Yeah, like, like oh, the winners wow. from Idaho, right? They're like Twin Falls and me and Jesse's eyes, my eyes got as big as. And if I remember right, vicious. everyone was standing in the beginning, yeah. right, from Idaho. Yeah. And then if you didn't, weren't from Twin Falls, you sat down. And it was me and my, it was me and my best friend were the only two standing. And because I'm in the very back <laughs> of the room, and, you're, and 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 everyone has to realize too is like it's like a big convention center that this is in, and so there's like how many people do you think were in that room? Oh, a good fifteen hundred people. So I mean, yeah. everyone's packed in here because everyone's. Fingers crossed. They're yeah. hoping that I just paid fifty bucks and, and I'm going to win a sheep hunt. That, yeah. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. So but it's, no, it's from so, someone from Twin Falls. And they looked at me. Or no, Jesse sat down at that moment too because he didn't put any in that bin. So Jesse actually wasn't standing. So I was the only one in the room standing. And they're like, "Is your name Dallin?" And I was like, "Yeah." They're like Dallin Casperson. I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Congratulations, you won a sheep hunt." And like, I started crying. 
Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I remember hearing you and our friend Tyler screaming in the back. Well, it was, was shock. Like, it was, like, not, like, super stoked. It was, like, in shock. And I remember, like, turn around. I'm like, who do I have to go tell right away? And I was like, I got to go find my brother first because he's the one that said he was an idiot for doing this. But it was, yeah. So you, uh, your name gets called. My name gets called on a sheet hunt. Um, and um, basically, so what I had one was a stone sheep hunt but kind of jumping the story that was uh, i didn't really know at the time as well the value of these hunts you know like i just wanted to go sheep hunting yeah um i didn't really know the the big intrinsical value between doll and stone and so what kind of happened was with the covid years everything got really shuffled right and because of scheduling and stuff like that um we made me and Brady made some trades that I ended up going on a doll hunt and then also hunting mule deer on a property that Brady had to kind yeah. of make a trade there, you know, with Brady and Brady went on the stone hunt. Yeah. Cause it was just with We're, all the timing and stuff. Yeah, it just, it just, that's it how just, it worked out. That's just how it worked and, out. And I going back. Yeah. Was I, did I, did I should think you I, have gone on the stone? Yeah. I probably should have went on the stone hunt, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. coming. One day I'll win again. Yes. Oh, well, it's only in two weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll win in two weeks, you know? So I had that. So we made those changes. And then on top of that, um, as I was prepping, so I was working out, um, I bought one of those incline trainers that you and Brady had put me on to, yeah. uh, goes up to 40% incline, hiking my guts out all the time, getting into some really good shape. Um, so Scott, and, and also I have to say with the incline trainer, we're talking, this goes up to 40 degrees. Yeah. It's most like you'll if, fall you go, if you go to a gym, it goes to 15. Yeah. Like uh, there, there might be the stair climbers, but even, I mean, a stair climber will probably put you pretty close, but on an incline, uh, a stair stepper, it's like you have steps that you're stepping. So it's mm -hmm. flat. These inclines though, it torches you because oh, it torches it's, cause you're it's just an angle. And it is like the best thing you could do. If, yeah. Like if you, if you're prepping to go on a sheep hunt, I would buy one. 100% and I'd buy a weight vest. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big guy, but I'm kind of like, um, I'm, I would describe myself similar to some other people where I'm like, I'm a bit of a locomotive where I'm slow, but I, I don't stop, Definitely, <laughs> you know, and that's what really developed that for me and really changed my hunting. But, um, so when you, when you, all this winning happened, like you won the tag and stuff, how many years was it till you actually left on this doll hunt? So I won in 2019. And I didn't go until 2022. Which that's that's a while. Yeah. So like that's like where COVID shuffled everything, right? Um, it really it really messed everything up. Yeah. It, 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 it goofed it goofed it all. But and during that time while I was training, because I didn't know when I was gonna go. Like I was like prepping, like I'm not for sure what year I'm gonna go hunt sheep hunting. I yeah. just know I'm going to go on this doll sheep hunt in Alaska. Um and it, what the benefit was is that the doll sheep hunt made it so Jesse could go with me. And he, so, and he ended up buying a tag, Yeah, right? he bought a tag and was going with me with the same That's outfitter. Awesome. And so during that time, a close friend and mentor of mine named Scott Allen won a moose hunt in a different raffle, which is the sportsman's hunting sweepstake. Michael Deming is the gentleman's name. Super awesome guy. He puts it on. It's a different type of raffle. So that's where I learned with my strategy. I play, you got to play every game. Right. <laughs> Once again, if you don't put your name in the hat, you can't get your name called. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was sitting there. It was January of 22. Haven't right? gone on your doll sheep. Haven't gone on yet. my doll sheep hunt yet. I entered in to that hunt. And, and it's a reoccurring thing, right? Yeah. Something so it's like that. every 10 days. He gives away. It's kind of cool. So he gives away a hunt or fishing expedition every 10 days. And so it values. So like you could become the, the guy that gets Alaska salmon, which isn't like. 
it's Isn't not it crazy, the, but a couple thousand, couple three thousand, thousand maybe, or and, something. And you know, and I think it's three hundred fifty bucks a year. I want to say, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow, that was a really good invested three hundred fifty bucks. Or you yeah. could get a grizzly hunt on Kodiak. Like that's an old, well, and you're talking. You know? There's tons of yeah. hunts and excursions. So it, it's that he's got doing. it's got different levels, but it's kind of fun. You could you're sitting there at work and you get a text, check out the new sweepstakes, and you pull up the YouTube video and you see if Michael draws your name, and yeah. then he gives away some packs and guns and other things. It's really cool. Like I, Michael's an awesome guy. I'll put any plug in for him. He I booked some hunts with him now since, yeah. and he's really awesome. But I remember I was sitting there and I hadn't got a text. And that fall, I'd went on a mule deer hunt in Colorado. <laughs> And because I didn't have time to really scout, I went outfitted and not really I outfitted or not. I don't, don't think people should really care. Right. <laughs> no, it d- doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then just like you're saying, Hey, you want to go kill a big deer in Colorado? Great. Go spend 30 days up there. Yeah. You, you probably will. Exactly. Or you don't want to sacrifice that much time. Okay. You go on to go on an eight day hunt. You're going to have to go guided mm-hmm. or you're going to kill something just teeny. Yeah. And, and that guide was Trent Dave's out of Slick Rock Outfitters. He was super awesome. Had some private land. I had an amazing time. Killed well, they a great put in buck. the work, and it's awesome when you get a good guy yeah. like that. I, I killed a really good velvet buck, and that was my goal. Is I really wanted to kill a velvet buck, but anyway, um, he was connected with Michael, and so he calls me and says, "Hey, you lucky sob." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Dude, you just want a desert sheep hunt." And I'm like, "No, I didn't. What are you talking about?" He's like, "Go look at Deming's video," and I had been in meetings all day, so I hadn't watched the video, and I watched it, and sure enough, he pulls it out. Dallin Casperson. And I was like, no way. So I call Michael immediately. You know, I'm like, okay, what's the deal? He's like, oh, you got to go in a month. <laughs> and so when was this? Was this This January? was in January of 22. And so we're saying February of 22 so it, that you're... It, and um, it was, okay, it was, I was supposed to go middle of March is when I was supposed to go, right? And um, I called him, I'm like, hey, man. He's like, in middle of March, I'm like, my wife is <laughs> due March 14th with our second can we bump that up a little bit <laughs> and he's like let me see what i could do with the outfitter and so i went from being the last hunt to shuffling all the other hunters to be in the first hunt and ended up going into february yeah so i uh it was really like sitting there because my wife was panicked she's like what if the baby comes two days early and your uh, wife's a saint is what you're yeah. saying. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. saying that you owe your wife a whole bunch of oh, honeydews or I came home from that one with new furniture in the house, man. I, uh, I, I, you I definitely, just, I, just, I agree. It should have And been. I just was like, Oh, that's a nice couch. <laughs> Cause, Cause we're talking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I remember you sent me that text before you had gone and stuff. And I'm like, I can't believe this. The second yeah. sheep hunt, the second sheep hunt one, two. So, and people have called me lucky and, and I am, and like, I'm eternally blessed, you know, yeah. like, I don't think I would be able to go on these hunts, especially in 2022, I was 29 years old, you know, yeah, turning 30, you know, I don't know many people that have been on a desert hunt. So, um, and a doll hunt at that point. Um, but like I play to defend myself though, I play every game. Yeah, every raffle that's out there because I know that's how I'm going to do it. And do I do fifteen hundred dollars? No, I doubled that, down. Yeah, that, I yes. doubled down that one time because of circumstances, you know. So if For I sure. saw another time to circumstance, it's kind of like playing poker, knowing like this is the time I go all in, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the time, and it paid off, and I won. You know, like you said, it very easily could have flipped, but I was like, it costs if you're going to go put in for all your. Like that's the one thing I kind of gave up to play all these games to go sheep hunting because I want to go sheep hunting. Yeah, is I don't put in for Montana, and I don't put in for 
Colorado every year, and I don't put in for New Mexico, Arizona, and Nevada. I put in for a couple states. I put in for Colorado and Utah and Idaho, and I buy points. The cheap states is where yeah. I buy it, you know? Where in Montana, buying licenses, you could be $1,500 in just the application fees and never draw. 100%. And you could just be giving it on the slim, slim, just as slim of a chance where I looked at it and I looked at my bin. I probably had 25% of the names in that bin. And I that's probably it. the best chances you're ever going to have yeah, for a sheep. Where are you going to get 25% draws? And, and that's where it's like, I, when we go all the way back to the beginning, when we say it's a rich man's sport, or like you got to go that way, or you got to just like work super hard, or you go the Dallin way. The strategy <laughs> that Dallin has just works. So, so if anyone's listening, this is what you got to do. So, you, yeah. so you, you then win this desert hunt. Yeah. And this is January of 2022, and you already know that you're going sheep hunting in August, in August 2022. So I was like in shape. I had got a new rifle, shooting the crap out of my rifle. So like it was kind of convenient because I – it's got like a, like a trial run for my Alaska yeah, hunt. Yeah, you know, like Mexico is not nearly as intense. I mean, it's, it's, it's you've definitely been to, different. You've been to both. You've been yes. to Mexico and Alberta. Yeah. So you could say Mexico is a bit of a party. It is, and that's what. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, I will tell anyone: if you can hunt Mexico, do it. Oh, it is I, so cool. I think the culture and just the environment. I don't know what it is about the hot and like the cactus, the things that just like want to poke and stick you or whatever. It's just like. I, that whole environment I like a lot more than freezing cold. Like, oh at least gosh. that's just that's just me. Oh my gosh, it is so fun. I if I could go to Mexico to hunt something yeah. every year, I would. And I I mean, I guess I could go coos hunting or something. Just keep putting in for drawings. You'll yeah, go again. I'll, I'll go again. It's the down one day. One day. <laughs> so so you go, and then also Jesse goes with you, right? So yeah, I called Jesse up and I told him I want. He's like, well, can I come? And I'm like, I would love. Like I was like, that's why I was calling him. Is like I wanted him to come because we had both. Yeah. We had been hunting together since about 2018 at that point. So about four years and like, he's my best friend and that's who I wanted to spend that moment with mm -hmm. when we, one of us killed our first sheep. Um, so we, because my wife's pregnant, she made a deal with me that I could go in her mind. <laughs> she's going to hate that. I brought this up <laughs> is that I, uh, and this was much Jesse hated this part is that I had to drive to Tucson, not fly. Cause she's like, I don't want you, if the baby is coming and you need to leave, I want you to be able to like, just get back to Tucson, get in a car and not be waiting at the airport. Cause you could probably get back. But why would you not want to discuss it? That was an intelligent thing. No, that, I was just like, it's you know a long what? drive, but that is yeah. smart. Yeah. It's like, you know what, babe, that's fine. No yeah. problem. Whatever. Cause you can't wait for a plane that's going to take off in 36 yeah. hours or, or something. I, you just don't know. Yeah. And so like I had a small car at the time. I didn't have a, I had a work truck, but we took my small car. We put a Yeti cooler and a gear and a gut rifle. And it was like a car I had was an Audi at the time. And just, <laughs> just a like, little thing, this little thing of me and Jesse going sheep there. hunting. And we were going sheep hunting, listening to podcasts the entire way, yep. driving 100 miles an hour through Nevada. Got the tickets to prove it. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> I'll say it because I have the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, remember, drove all, we left Twin Falls at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Or maybe it was like noon, maybe it was like lunchtime or something like that. Um, got our first ticket right outside of jackpot. There you go. Starting off strong. <laughs> Starting off strong. Drove all the way through. Ate dinner in Vegas that night. Um, then drove all the way through, which, I mean, driving across Nevada and Arizona, like getting to Vegas, driving across the entire state of Nevada, you're like, holy cow, that was a haul, right? Yes. And then you got Arizona on top of it, 
you know, which you're kind of going diagonal across Arizona at that point. It just took forever. It was, I would never do that again. It took so long. If you had a sheep hunt, you would. Yeah, fair enough. If I had a sheep hunt, <laughs> that was the ultimatum for me would, to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think my outfitter, um, which was Agua Dulce Outfitters, um, Fred Trueblood is this old timer, like 80 year old guy. We pulled up to his house, we're like, who is this guy? You know, it's like his old kind of cowboy. He used to do something with Eastman's on in general, but that's like his that's retirement awesome. is he uh, lives in Tucson and um, does sheep and mule deer hunts. That's awesome. Um, and uh, super funny guy. We hop in his pickup. We get there that morning, hop right in his pickup, and we're like, okay, we got the paperwork. We're going. We're going. So we had to drive to the border, across the border, um, kind of tell him the shortened version of that kind of stuff because it's just, Everyone's got border crossing problems. Like it is what it is, and it's kind of scary. You don't know. Like yeah, guys, you just got to make sure those numbers match. Yeah, the numbers got to match, match. man. The numbers got to match. You have to have certain documentation to take a gun across the border. Yeah, and then you you got random guys with like M4s sitting there at the border saying like, being like, show me this and this, and it's like you have your paperwork all in order, but you're still kind of stressed out because like. Yeah, it's like got a oh, there's always a mess. got a really expensive firearm here that they could just take if they wanted. Well, and it's like just a just a quick kicker story. So when I went down with Brady when he hunted his desert in Mexico, yeah. I remember we were coming across the border and I had a lot of camera equipment with me because oh, I film a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And I'd never gone to Mexico with this kind of camera equipment and stuff, and I was botching it. So I bet we got stopped, and it probably took us, I swear, it was like two hours. They were going through everything in our packs. And it was just like the constant question, is this yours? Is is this yours? And it's like I didn't really realize, but like word of advice for everyone, like if you're going somewhere, like let's just say I have three cameras on me, you're only allowed one. Per okay. person. So you got to So if I have two, up. it's like, oh, well, you're coming to Mexico to sell the second one. Yeah. So now you're going to have to get, if you want to take this in, you got to be taxed. Like you got to pay the customs oh, on this thing. And so if I could go back, I would have split everything. Whatever. So Brady owns a camera and that's a hundred percent. And my dad was with us. So like <laughs> everyone has their own camera. It might all be in my bag, but it, it's theirs. Yeah. That's word yeah. advice for everyone. And then we had a drone too. <laughs> and they were freaking out about uh, this drone. And then it was like, oh, it, it wasn't anything crazy. It was like an $800 drone, right? Yeah. But they would not give it back to us unless we paid customs on it. And they're like searching and they're like telling us, it's like, oh, it's $10,000 for this drone. I'm like, no, it's th- this is not. I can show you receipts of what I bought this for. Yeah. But we ended up, we had to pay, it was like $400 just to get the drone through. So I'm like, I was almost at the point, I'm like, I'm going to pull the batteries. I'm going to give them the drone and just say, whatever. Like, it's not worth me keeping it yeah. almost. But yeah. it's just funny. The border yeah. creates all kinds of issues. So it if really you got does. through the border with no issues, hats off to you. Yeah. That's fantastic. And going crossing with your outfitter. that You got to do that. Yes. Like, I don't think I would trust myself. Or I guess there's some guys um, that will help you cross. Yeah. It's like a service. I would a hundred percent do that just because you just never know, man. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you know Spanish, like that's okay. But like, sometimes it's just like, you don't know. It's like, are they shaking us down right now just for cash? Is this yeah. something that they know? It's like, they see all this expensive stuff and like, Oh, we could get a couple hundred bucks easy. Yeah. Like you just don't know. Yeah. And knowing me knowing Spanish, cause like I said, I served a mission in Argentina. Um, I don't know how people like you guys went there without knowing Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and Brady, he, he knew Spanish, but he's like completely lost it. But yeah, but it is true. It's because we had our guide and like yeah. our, our whatever with us translating, but it's, it's hard to play the translating game. Mm-hmm. 
And so, so you're lucky you so, have Spanish in your back yeah, pocket. Yeah, I had that in my back pocket, which is actually kind of a funny side story here in a minute, <laughs> which is, uh, so we didn't drive. So we have this uh, three-hour drive from the border from Nogales, um, which we, the, our outfitter was kind of like stressing. He's like, hey, we got to get there before dark. And we're like, we do not drive after dark. He's like, or else we got to go to my partner's house and we'll stay the night there. He's like, but I think we can make it before dark. And yeah. I was like, oh, he's like, well, the cartels are very active at dark. So it's like when you go to there, it's just this totally other scenario, you know? Definitely. Which, yeah. and I will say, it is safe. It is. It's just you have to follow rules. Yeah. You so have to follow guidelines. If you just set. follow those guidelines, you won't get in trouble, right? Yeah. Um, and um, so, uh, yeah. So, Je- and that, especially we were considerate to it because Jesse had just been there on a coos deer hunt and actually had cartel on the ranch he was at. So you'll have to have him on to talk about that Definitely. one later. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm not going to disclose any of that. But we were both like, we don't want any interaction but we made it to the so we turned off this dirt road at three hours and then we he's like okay we're fine here if we get dark and we just drive this dirt road for like two through this ranch just opening gates closing gates just different sections yeah. of this 25 30 thousand acre ranch which around here a thirty thousand acre ranch is there's not very you don't, many. You they don't, don't exist them. right They're like five thousand is a huge yeah. ranch right yeah so you're driving around you're like holy freaking crap this thing just goes on forever and he's like yeah this is the the guy's uh Second house. So he lives in Hermosillo, and we lease this ranch from him. And so we pull up to this beautiful house, and um, this is like the deal, like where Dallin's out of his element, right? And we pull up, and this guy walks out, shakes our hand, the ranch owner, and uh, or the ranch owner's son, who's being the representative of him. And they have a chef there, and like the main ranch hand, and it's like this beautiful hacienda that we pull into. We walk in, and there's like a 210-inch mule deer on the wall, huge coos deer on the wall, some sheep. We're like, oh, gosh. And uh, we were just ready to get going. And so that night we unloaded our bags and they checked our equipment. And the guys are like, oh, you got much nicer equipment than we do. Because we started pulling out Swarovski and everything. It's it's funny to me. It never fails. Like any hunt that I've been on with my brother, my brother always has better optics and things. Like sometimes like some of these guys had like the most basic binoculars but just they, basic things. but they got eyes man. but they have eyes <laughs> they got eyes like man. we have bino- <laughs> we have spotting scopes that will reach two miles and they've got binoculars i feel like you couldn't see across the football field but yeah. they find animals yeah, like they know what they're some, doing something that it's just your career path that's yeah. what it, that's what it is um but like they were all taking turns holding my rifle because i built this rifle for alaska right and it weighs at like under eight pounds with scope so it's super lightweight. It's a 6.5 PRC, absolute shooter from Altera Arms. And um, they're all sh- short barrel, which you don't see. That's like a new trend now. Yeah. And so they're all like, why is the barrel short? And trying to talk and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, we have a quick little bite there because we're all hungry. Like best food ever. Like, it's this, the this best. Is totally that's different. Like, it's Mexico is like the best food ever. Well, right? and that's that's where we were talking earlier, like going to Mexico or going up to the Yukon or Alaska. Oh my it's, gosh! You go to Alaska and you're going to be off grid for ten days eating freeze dried food. Yeah. Here we've got steak, shrimp. <laughs> oh my gosh! Salad, Surfer whatever, tour, whatever you want. It's, you can request something from the chef and they'll make it for so you. It's a good place to be. Yeah. And so, like the kind of experience of this place that I had won, which was cool, was. Like it's somewhere that Dallin Casperson probably would never be able to go normally yeah. because I was there and the next week there was a billionaire from Phoenix showing up, <laughs> you know? And, and that's where it's like <laughs> that people have to realize like you winning this hunt, this is a big deal. Oh yeah. So like, this isn't a small these are the, thing. So like, these are the people that are expecting that. Um, 
So they all say, hey, do you want to just go to bed? Most people just want to go to bed. They're like, no, me and Jesse are like on the patio glassing at that yeah. point, and we were finding sheep. Awesome. <laughs> like we, we, we were like, we were like, I didn't know. We were like chomping at the bit. We just wanted to go. Like, yeah. They're like, no, can we just go glass tonight? They're like, yeah, um, bring the gun just in case something big blocks out, you know, but probably won't shoot tonight, but we'll always have the gun in the deal. Um, and they kind of gave us a loadout. Like normally at this ranch, we normally spend – at least a full day of just looking at sheep before we'll let you shoot a sheep. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the same everywhere, but it was kind of fun that way. Cause I would have shot probably like the first sheep. Right. I would have saw, you know? So and it let me give me, I think we looked for two days is what it was. And, um, let me educate myself. Cause I'd well, never, never been. And, and once you've never, you, you probably, at least when I've gone on these kind of things too, like you never really have seen one of these in, 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 the outdoors like rather than like on someone's wall so i or... i had some experience because when i had that spent i spent some time in my life guiding rivers on the middle fork oh that's uh, true and yeah so you see sheep all the time there but i never taped one like i can know what like a kind of like a almost full curl ram looked like yeah. there but there the biggest sheep you could like a good sheep there's 160 inch ram yeah which is like still not a very respectable sheep so when you're trying to judge 180s definitely <laughs> it's definitely a different different thing it's yeah. like you've been seeing 140 inch mule deer all the time and then coming to see 170s and you're just like i don't know how to figure this out absolutely right? so we go out there and immediately i think one thing if me and jesse are good at anything in hunting and it is glassing like if, not to try to toot our own horns but i think we're both immensely talented we've just spent so much time behind the glass that yeah we were just like picking out rams like bang 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 like ram there ram there ram there and the other Hispanic guy there with his little 10 buys, we're like in the BTX. For sure. these, and he's at this old crappy Nikons, maybe a half a second behind us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're like, that guy. They know what they're doing. That guy can do some stuff. And they're sitting there talking. This And uh, him, this old guy, our older gentleman that had grew up on the ranch, and he was the ranch manager, um, lived his whole life there. And his son was there, and they're sitting there talking Spanish. And they were like, hey, he's a young guy. We don't need to find him the biggest ram. And I know Spanish, so I'm listening to him, listening to him talk about me. <laughs> Gotta love it. And I was like, and I just said back to him in Spanish, I'm like, hey, I'll shoot whatever ram I want to shoot. And they're like, oh, you know Spanish? And it is that like whole switch flipped that those two were like my best friends for the rest of the trip and wanted, like maybe it was just kissing my butt, whatever, but it just Which changed. Which probably were. It probably were. It doesn't matter. But no. that's, what they, that's what you do, right? Yeah, it's, but it just changed it because they're used to like older people finishing their slam coming down there and hunting with them, not some 30 year old kid, you yeah. know? And so we saw those Rams, saw some good ones. Um, and we're like, okay, we're going to go look at those Rams again next morning. Cause it was fading light. So we go back. Um, the guides get really wasted that night, which is kind of funny. Well, isn't that always great too? They always ask you too. It's like, okay, what beer or what alcohol do you want? And of course, if you don't drink, oh, it's man, a, I feel like you miss out a lot of opportunities probably, because there's a lot there. Probably, probably, probably so. So I just like went to bed that night, and Jessica's getting frustrated at me because I'm in this metal. I couldn't figure it out for a day, but I didn't have cell service down there because these ranches are like in the middle of nowhere. So you almost yeah. feel like you're like in a wilderness area, right? And um, my inReach wasn't, like, going through the metal roof. Yeah, like your satellite phone? Yeah, my satellite to text my wife. 
And so the next morning we go out and I just had the string of pissed off messages of my wife. And I'm like, oh, I am so bad. Well, some things I you, had forgotten to take care of before I left. Did you panic at all that like maybe it's like, what if she, all these text messages, like she's going into labor? Yeah. No, when I started getting like, the dings, I was like, crap. Something bad's happening. And I'm like, we got to go find a ram. <laughs> it was like what was the, going through my you're head. You're on the clock. We're on the clock at that point. But no, it was, it was some just bonehead moves by me that I left some things undone that she was very upset about. And rightfully so there you, you know go. rightfully so but um so that day we went around searching for sheep and um the, what we were doing down there was we were in the high rack in the truck a lot um glassing from the high rack because the bush is so high and yeah. where we were the mountains weren't so tall like it's kind of like hunting like almost like the low desert around here in southern idaho but there's sheep on these little like almost like the like knolls just like small yeah yeah kind of like the shoshone basin area out here by us right yeah um, where me and you have hunted together before, it's kind of like that, but the bushes are way bigger. So you're trying need to get above the bushes to be able to look up at these little, like 500 vertical feet yeah. is what they're going up and cliff bands at the top, but lots of little canyons and stuff in them. So we go around all day, see, see some Rams. I shoot my gun to make sure it's on. Um, and then we, I asked the, we asked the outfitter, like, Hey, can we like get me and Jesse, can we get out and like, hike around and like hunt because we were like caged animals you know riding in the back Definitely. of that truck so he's like you guys really want to do that people don't normally want to do that so we're like yeah yeah let's do that so we get up poke our heads up look down boom ram by himself not with the group and this thing is astronomical and i didn't bring my gun because he told me to leave the gun because it was the look at ram's day right i would have shot this ram Right there and then. Right then. <laughs> right there and then, you know? <laughs> and um, he breaks away. We get a little bit of video of him. And um, I'm like, that's it. And every time we saw the rest of the day, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We got to go find that ram. Yeah. So we do that. The next day, um, um, we have an excellent dinner again. Super fun time. Like, I just can't say enough how fun Mexico is. Yeah. Like, it's like goof off, blasted a few coyotes. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the whole experience. Yeah, the whole experience. It's, you kind of feel like you're in the Wild West. Um, but the next day, or that night, we found a broken sheep, right? And the outfitter offered a discounted price to Jesse if he wanted to shoot it. And so we're both getting kind of hyped up. that like, oh, Jesse, you might shoot a ram too. Right. And when you say broke it, because like their horns come all the way around and like it broken like half. Yeah, so like it still curled and had its bottom, the sheep did. But like this whole section was like missing. So it was going to fall off. Yeah. So, um, and we were sitting there debating it, debating it that night. And we were like, well, if we find him again, um, well, sh Jesse's like, maybe I'll shoot him, you know? And the guys are like, okay, if you shoot him, it's going to cost X, Y, Z, which was a discount from the normal yeah. deal. Um, uh, but Jesse's like, well, maybe it'll be my only time to get a discounted desert hunt too. Um, but we're like, but we're going to focus on our sheep. Right. So the next morning, I'm forgetting this was only like a three day hunt now that I think about it. So it was the next morning. The <laughs> next morning we go out, right? We go out and I look up and I'm like, oh, there's the Rams, right? Because we went up and saw that broken one and we saw thought what we saw was the big one again on this knoll. So we were like, we're gonna come around this other way and find this knoll. Right. And come around and sure enough, there's sheep. There's this one shram that was my secondary that we had a white spot on its face that we could see him. And I'm like, he's in such a killable spot. That we should probably just take this opportunity. And Jesse was sitting there, just we were both looking, and Jesse's like, Dallin, forget that sheep and look at the one at the top. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, because he had told me like three times and finally said, Forget that sheep, look at the one at the top. I went and looked at the top and I was like, Oh, 
yeah, let's go. And I just start putting my backpack on. Right. <laughs> and the outfitter's like, you want to go right now? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's. Yeah, we're going. We're, we're going. <laughs> like, he's with four other rams, and he dwarfs the rest of the sheep yeah. there. So we had to be this big sheep that we'd found. So we sneak up, and I open up my gun case at that point, and I hadn't looked at it. And I freaking forgot my bipod back in Twin Falls. Nice. So I had this really nice gun. And I had looked at it and held it, but I hadn't like the, the bipod has a section for it. And I hadn't looked in that section. I went to grab it and it was gone. And it turns out it was sitting in Jesse's safe because <laughs> he had borrowed it from mm. me in Twin Falls. Jesse's fault then. Jesse's fault then. <laughs> yeah. I, I tease him for it still. Uh-uh. It's his fault. But um, but we kind of sneak up. I'm like, crap. So we're going to have to like, we take a bunch of extra jackets with us to try to make a, make a deal. But we get up there. We kind of sneak up to these deals through this uh, cactus and brush i can't think of the name of the brush it's those green trees with big pointers off of them yeah you know what i'm talking i know about. what you're talking yeah. about but i can't, I can't think of the called. name um but we sneak up through then we peek out and there's like this perfect opening on this knoll looking up at the other knoll and he's sitting there at 400 yards and there's a rock with a cleft in it like this for a rifle looks like for a rifle a perfect like spot. god put it there for dallin <laughs> casperson to put his rifle yes. in that moment <laughs> and so i put jackets in there he laid down and I, uh, I was sitting there and, uh, um, looked up and through my, through my scope could see him clear as day, just waiting for him to stand. Cause he had laid down, he stands up and he's Jesse's like, are you going to shoot? I'm like, yeah. And he's sitting there broadside and I'm like, Oh, this is about as good time as any. <laughs> this is the shot. And I just clicked it off shot. And I was such in the zone. This is the one time hunting I'd been in this zone and the lighting was perfect. Like I, through the scope, I watched the ripple as the bullet entered in his side, you know, and then he turned and went and fell into a tree, but we didn't see him fall. Jesse's like, you missed. And I was like, no way did I miss buddy. <laughs> like I just dump trucked him. And then we heard on the radio, then howling, cheering that we just shot him. And we still weren't for sure exactly what the sheep was. Like we just knew he was big. Right. Yeah. And we go up there and of course, Jesse is kind of a scoring freak. I love it about him. He can score. He's got a tape measure in his pocket. Yeah, of course. And he can uh and he can score mule deer like within like an inch. I've seen it on the hoof. Like he's scored that many animals in his life yeah. that he's just that talented. We hike up there and we get there and we see and we can hike up and like, oh, it's right there. We could see just a full curl in the bush that he had fallen into. And we walk up there and I just broke down, just got super emotional, you know, because it was one of those, it's just one of those moments you never thought you were gonna get there. And then you got there. Well, you never dream of it, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you just started hunting. How long ago was this? Eight years? Yeah. So eight years, eight ago. years before, and then and I was it, desert sheep hunting. And and you and you'll you'll talk with people that have hunted their entire lives yeah. and never had an opportunity of yeah. sheep of any kind of sheep, let alone a desert. A desert is kind of at the apex, right? Yeah, exactly. And we pull it out, and the guide's like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if the guides get excited. It's, it's yeah. something good, something yeah, and special. All the guides had to get in pictures with it too. Um, and anyway, pull it out, and he ended up scoring 100, 184 and five eights or something like that, which a slammer. It's a slammer. It was the second biggest sheep ever killed on that ranch. And um, the outfitter talked to us that night, and. Um, was like, well, it was because you guys were willing to get out and get after it. Like we'd got, we're leaving the truck and deciding that we weren't going to try to shoot a sheep from the truck. We were going to go and sheep hunt. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it wasn't like these big tall mountains and 
some of the things like I remember watching Brady's video in Mexico, like my mountains were like half that size. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm like, but it was like these weird cuts and canyons that I don't know if you could have hunted that ranch without doing what we did, like, and yeah. find the biggest ram. That's really what you want to do, right? You have a once in a lifetime shot, go and fill it. You Definitely. Know? And you did it, right? Yeah, I did it. Exactly. You drove down, miserable drive. Oh. I mean, but but day three, you harvest. And so end up being successful. You get some amazing pictures yeah. with him. I mean, so it's just oh, an awesome. Oh, got great pictures with him. I wish I would have filmed the hunt. It was so much fun. Um, funny kind of little side stories. The next morning, the ranch owner had showed up that afternoon and was like, congratulated me because he had grew up on this ranch also and saw seen all the sheep that had come off it. Um, And I guess I... They had known that this ram was around, but hadn't seen him for a while. And because they hadn't seen him, that billionaire from Phoenix moved the hunt. And so I shot this billionaire's sheep. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, we'll have some explaining to do there. But yeah. we couldn't say no at that moment. And the guy, out, the main outfitter, Santiago, so that was Fred's uh, partner. He's from Mexico and was like, I'm just, he's like, I'm actually really happy I went to you guys. You guys just seeing how passionate you guys were on about hunting. Um so, but the next morning, wake up, and actually the next morning was the morning that Russia had invaded Ukraine, and uh, which was kind of crazy, like that moment in time, you know exactly where you were when something happened, right? Right, absolutely. Um, and uh, the guys are like, because I was the last one up, I slept in, and they're like, hey, uh, so we just, uh, Mexico's siding with uh, Russia, and the United States is siding with Ukraine, so you're going to be here for a bit. They closed the border. And I was like, oh, shit. It's like panicking. And Jesse's like, they're screwing with you, dude. <laughs> and I, I was in panic. You I'm like, probably I'm like, were like, I have a baby coming. <laughs> this can't happen. Like, this can't happen. They're like, we're going to get you to the airport and try to fly you out of the airport. <laughs> it's so funny. And there's nothing worse than thinking you're stuck, going to be oh. stuck somewhere. Because I remember when we were in Mexico, it's when COVID <laughs> was happening. Yeah. And come to find out, like halfway through the hunt, the owner sat us down. They're like, hey, just so you know, the driver that brought you from the airport for four hours in that small little vehicle that you guys were in had COVID. Just tested for positive for oh, COVID. Oh gosh! And we're like, well, if you have COVID, you get quarantined for fourteen days or whatever. So it's like I can only imagine. But we didn't have any babies on the way. Yeah. So your fear <laughs> is my wife is going to castrate you. Oh, I, I thought my hunting was forever would be done. Yeah, like I was never going on a Hope trip. Hope that again. sheep was worth it. Well, yeah, and then I'm thinking like, how am I going to justify this Alaska trip? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you killed this phenomenal desert. We'll make sure to post some of these things. And so, oh, it, luckily, you get back. You're back for the birth of your... Yeah, made it back. No no problems. She was born, like, on her due date or the day yeah. before or something like that. Beautiful, healthy little girl. Um, she's, stars aligned. Everything stars worked aligned. Out, worked everything out worked, out well. out, worked out perfectly well, you know. Um, you know, she's she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, my and, wife's and, extra awesome uh definitely you know? she is she's a so, saint like i said before because not only did i go hunting when she was nine months pregnant but i also went sheep hunting again when she had a two and a half year old and a six month old and 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 people <laughs> are going to be thinking when they hear this they're like how is dallin still married i i married a good one that's all you had to I, I married a good one the most patient loving or just understanding woman out there it, well, I think one of the big deals with it is, is she, like, when you love somebody, right? Like, we always joke, like, you're lucky you're not married, like, you're still married. Um, when you're married with someone, you communicate what your goals are and things that are important to you. Like, yeah. she knew how big of a deal this was to me, you know? She knows that it's not going to be an every year thing. 
And it's not like I haven't been back. I don't have any sheep hunts on the docket. Hopefully in two weeks that changes. Right. Win another one. Absolutely. I need to go win another stone is what I need to go win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she knew that how important was to me and made that sacrifice. And I hope one day I've tried every day since to try to repay her in any way I can. And I hope one day that debt gets filled and that she feels, it probably won't probably won't but, but we try right? but that you she try. could accomplish something that made her equally as yeah. uh, maybe i need to buy more taylor swift tickets i don't know that, that, that does help it, <laughs> that helps does, my, it, it would help my wife it, it, it helped her she got you go, brownie points yeah. there but but i still like i, I like i know we've, we've been talking about that i still want to hear about your alaska yeah now. so alaska was the complete polar opposite for me um Bray, I listened to all your podcasts because yeah. you're a close family friend. I want to support you in this great thing you're doing. Yeah. And Brady said it in your last one where if you go a sheep hunt, like you go on a sheep hunt, you you're find out if you're a sheep hunter, right? Or you're not. Yeah. Mexico doesn't count. It's true. <laughs> like you need to go up north or go on a rocky hunt in the lower yeah. 48 to figure out. Like Mexico does not count. It is a good time. It's a vacation. It's a vacation. It's fun. And I hope I get to go again because of how much the type one fun where it's like in the moment, everything's good. Yeah. You know, like you're still hunting hard, but you're coming back to a bed and a five-star meal. Alaska's not that. So when we booked this, we, uh, Michael Deming, or when we did some changes, Michael Deming also helped me put me in the direction to go with this guy. Um, um, his name's uh, Scott McRae out of Alaska. Been up there forever. Kind of a low budget area you know and that's great you know i don't need frills on a sheep hunt really i don't need you know so we uh he's not the best communicator and he knows the story and so if you heard this he'd probably laugh is like july we hadn't bought plane tickets yet because we hadn't heard back from him in six months (laughs) so we didn't know we were going sheep hunting but we were training and everything and he finally got back to us we bought our tickets and we fly into anchorage and he talked to us about going in he's like are you guys like young and fit and we're like, yeah. He's like, how about we go into this walk-in area that holds big rams? It's a, a beast to get into. He's like, it's a really hard, but it's a really cool experience that not a lot of people get to. And it's right next to one of the national parks there. So you got to see these beautiful mountains. We're like, yeah, you know, we're we're tough. Let's do it. So we get there and we meet our guides. So their names are Jake and they're both Jakes. Um, so we're going to hunt together and hike up this ridge and we're going to be together, but then split up and Kind of hit different areas. Hit different areas. So we're going to be together for a little while. So we get to Alaska, and he looks at me because I'm, if you know me, if I can wear shorts and flip-flops, I'm going to wear shorts and flip-flops. You always are. Yeah. So I get out of the plane in Alaska. I left Twin Falls 95 degrees. I was in short flip-flops. You know? I get to Alaska, and it's pouring. Absolute downpour of rain in like 60 degrees, and I'm in shorts and flip-flops. And he looks at me, he's like, what kind kind of sheep hunter are you? And starts teasing me. But it was good banter back and forth. But um, we get there, and he's like, "Okay, you guys are loading up right now, and you're going, and uh, you're gonna help. You're gonna drive for four hours across Alaska, get on the Copper River, and you're gonna go on a jet boat on this like a Zodiac for an hour or thirty minutes, and then you're gonna camp there, and then." And there's really big, there's really, really big brown bears. So you be careful. <laughs> and that's the other thing. It's just like when you're in places like Mexico or even just stateside for the most part, things like that, you don't really no, worry about. No, no, you don't. Alaska is a different place altogether. Yeah. When you go up north, you got the elements that are going to kill you. You got predators oh are going to kill gosh, you. Yeah. It's, it's just, everything's against you up there. Yeah. And you have like your 80 pound packs. Right, because you have your camp for fourteen or twelve, fourteen days or whatever, so twelve hunting days. 
Um, but we came in early because we were going to try to find a ram and sit a ram and shoot one on the opener, which because we went early, will turn out later, was actually like a super blessing, right, um, in disguise. So we get to know these guys really well. We still text each other all the time, the two Jakes. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're just some good old hunting boys. And we're all kind of like in our 30s, you know. Jesse higher thirties than the rest of us, <laughs> maybe <Right>. forty. <laughs> you would never bet it though. No, Jesse's never bet probably it. Probably one of the most in shape people I know. Naturally, yeah. He didn't train for this. I worked out and I was hiking. Well, you you say he didn't train. He trains. It's just he has always just kept himself in shape for this yeah. kind of stuff. But he wasn't like going and hiking and rucking and doing things. He just, I don't know. He's just he's always. Just a, he's just one of those individuals that's just naturally in he's shape. He's a closet working out guy. Yeah, you exactly. No, exactly. Was. It's probably what it was. But he. uh so we had a great time driving across, um, shooter rifles, um, rifles are shooting good. I had my bipod this time. <laughs> yes. We found the bipod. Um, then we go hop on the Zodiac. Um, because I'm a bigger guy, they take Jake, my Jake was like big, like me about six, four. And then the other Jake was short, like Jesse's about five, 10, five, yeah. nine. And so they're like, okay, you two are going to be together, and us two are going to be the Clydesdales and be together. There you go. Different, you know, which worked out <laughs> awesome. So, but my Jake was the, um, was like the, he had more experience. So he was like the leader of the group. So he boats them down, and I'm sitting there just goofing off watching bald eagles fly around. And I guess the Copper River is like a huge salmon fishery or whatever. Mm. And so you saw people going with jet boats, netting salmon, which was kind of cool to go watch. And then he picks me up in the Zodiac, and it's kind of one of those cool moments. It's like you kind of feel almost like a Navy SEAL or something like that because you have, like, your gun on your hand, and you're going down the river. Well, and you're in the country that it's just – it's like – it's one of those, again, like you say, it's like you just can't believe that you're probably in the situation that you're in. Yeah, it's like I sat there and had a few <clears throat> moments to myself, and I had some cell service, so I called my wife right before I got on the boat. Right there, you had cell service. And so I called my wife and talked to her, and I'm like, I just can't believe this is happening right now. Like, I yeah. absolutely can't. Picks me up and we sleep on this island in the middle of the Copper River, and, which was super surreal, you know. And it's these jagged peaks that you could not see the tops of because they were up in the snow. And we're like, okay, we're going over there and we're hiking up through this jungle. So the next morning we wake up and then we go across and we actually fill up all of our water bottles at this old mining, um, like wrecked mining dredge or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And it's crystal clear blue water. The best water you'll ever taste in your that's, life. Uh, Brady the, says this every time. Anyone that's been up there, no. glacier, actual oh glacier gosh. water is unmatched. Yeah. And so th we proceeded where we were hunting. Like everyone talks about going on sheep hunts and hiking like 40 miles. This was not, this was no form of miles could justify what we went through. <laughs> it was a bunch of bushes that like they grow like this. I can't remember what it's called. It's the alders that grow like that. And so we had like a machete and we were cutting our way and going up a 60 degree incline, like rock climbing in sections with 70 pound packs. And it took us, it took us like 11 hours to go two and a half miles. <laughs> it's, it's funny. People, they always tell me it's like when they listen to sheep hunter stories, it's always like, why? It was the biggest, why do most you do this? terrible thing I have ever done in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there, I'm like, this sucks. This yeah. sucks a lot. And Jesse's like, yeah, dude, this really sucks. Cause Jesse has a really big shooter and he had a big long rifle and it kept on getting caught on mm. everything on his backpack and just driving him nuts. So he stopped, ditched his trekking poles and just carried his rifle which then when you're hiking up that steep deal with a rifle in one hand, 
he was going oh, through it. Pain. And then we get up there right before dark and we're all like low on water. We hadn't made it to the spring we wanted to yet. And we were all like, didn't seem like any of us in that situation was really slowing. Like I felt like I was going to slow everyone up, but I don't really feel like I was because it was just such a crappy little yeah. situation, you know? And like, um, so we get up there and we actually see, I can't remember which park it is, but Oh, is the Wrangell St. Elias park. We were bordering that, which is, I guess that's some of the most crazy from about from my extreme sports days. Like that's some of the most extreme skiing stuff out there. So you get to see these gnarly peaks around mm-hmm. you. That's national park. And of course, Jesse's trying to find sheep over there. Even though we can't huddle over you there. can't. Yeah. It's clear right. down the river and clear up the other side on the national you park. You still want to find something. Yeah. He's, that's just how he is. Um, but we're sitting there and we actually had cell service that night, which was kind of cool where we had camped because we climbed so high straight up, you know, that we had, we're hitting the cell tower. Cell, cell so it was kind of nice. I got to text my wife a little bit, you know? So we're like not rushed the next morning because we're like, we're multiple days until the season even starts. So we're sitting there eating breakfast and then three people walk through our camp and we're supposed to be the only, there's supposed to be some locals, but we were supposed to be the only guided hunters in this area. And, one of the Jakes was like, Hey dude, what are you doing here? And the guy just ignored him and kept walking. Huh. Like, did they have guns with them? <laughs> yeah, they had a gun with them. There was two, it was a hunter, a packer and a, and a guide. And we're like, what the freak just happened? Like, we, it's just like one of those moments where like everything you had planned on just shatters. We just did this grueling March. We were going to be looking for sheep that afternoon. And then these dudes just walk up and now it's like, it was going to be pushing it with two guys yeah. on this hunt trying to both kill rams, three people in the same area, not going to happen. So, because we had cell service, though, um, Jake was able to call, my guide was able to call the outfitter, Scott, and be like, hey, what should we do? And the outfitter's like, well, if you have an opportunity, he's like, if you want, they want to climb back down and hop back in the boat and drive back to Anchorage, we'll get them on a plane and we'll send them to a different part of Alaska to go hunt. And we just looked at it and we're like, well, what's the odds? Like, where are we more likely to kill sheep? And they're like, let's go to the Alaska range. So we, that day we packed up all of our stuff, climbed down that brutal climb, and got back in the boat, went all the way back to the truck, got back in the truck. You went on a fun little excursion. We went on a day. fun little excursion. And me and Jesse are like, we could have hurt ourselves, man. Yeah. Like, our hunt could have been over coming down that hill, but what else were you going to do? Yeah. So apparently there was some dispute between two different outfitters over this area that was going on that we didn't know. And granted, to this, we did that like this way was cheaper for Jesse to go on this type of hunt. Right. Um, and, uh, cause that's, he had to buy his, I'd won my hunt, but he had to buy in. Right. But, um, so that's why we did it. But the Scott was super awesome. He's like, Hey, don't worry. I'll put you up in a hotel room. We have weather. So we have a down day. We have a weather yeah. day in Anchorage. So you're going to be sitting in the hotel all day. You're gonna be bored out of your mind. You know, and um, definitely. <laughs> but it is we're the gonna worst. Try... Having to wait for weather or anything yeah. that slows it down just it makes you antsy. Yeah, He's like, but we're gonna fly you over to the Alaska Range. This is like our bread and one of our bread and butter areas, and um, and then we're gonna get you guys hunting over there. We have this canyon that kind of starts, so you guys can do kind of the same thing. Starts and then breaks around and does like this, comes around this main mountain, so you guys can like meet back up and stuff like that. We're like, oh, for hunting together, it sounds like awesome. Yeah drive back we're all we're not we're like the excitement's like building again at this point you know and we saw some sheep right against the interstate and we're like yeah first sheep you know gets you excited gets you excited we hang out in the hotel all day we washed our clothes got some food figured out like okay it was kind of nice because we got a trial run so we changed some stuff in our kit like okay um 
need this and this and this, um, which are like, I actually, which went saved my butt is, um, I threw some liquid IV, a bunch of liquid IVs in my bag because I was like, I felt like I was super dehydrated even though I was drinking. Yeah. So I needed something to maintain me because at six foot four, 250, I mean, I'm sure Brady goes through the same thing that you, we drink a lot well, of water. You, you burn so many calories <laughs> yeah. too up there that it's just like there's certain nutrients that you just lose yeah. so fast. For sure. So you have to. So yeah. those kind of things help tremendously. Yeah. So I know we're talking, this might be a little bit longer. I know. No, no. <laughs> okay. You're good. Yeah, all right. I don't know you're... if you had a time limit on no, this or not. No, okay. no. Um, I'm just going to do that. That helps me find if I need to just cut that little spot out. Okay. Um, so we get there. So this whole, like my experience in Alaska was so cool because I got to go to the Copper River, which is like this legendary place, which if you go read old mountain man books, that's where like people were like trapping and doing things, you know, and yeah. exploring all these early explorers. And which is a nar- me having been a river guy that understands hydraulics. There is so much water flowing through that river. It's actually, it's like, it's wild. It's wild. Right. It's something you only experienced like when I was guiding where the Snake River and the Salmon River come together and it was like all that water together. It was similar feeling to that. Yeah. And you're like, have these huge jacket peaks around you. You're like, this should be like a little mountain stream. Like, no, this thing is like hefty, hefty. So that's like one hunt that we got to go see. And then we got to go hop on a plane and fly across Alaska to the Alaska range and do get in the super cub and do like that kind of hunt. Oh yeah. You're seeing so many things <laughs> like, so fast. I am, like you like, are beyond blessed, beyond, beyond blessed. So, and we got, so we had the weather day, went and hopped on. And I remember we were getting the plane and the guy says, how much do you weigh? I'm like, Oh, 250, 260. He's like, Oh, you're not a sheep hunter. Oh dude, that fired me up so bad. I'm like, I'm going to kill <laughs> such a, I'm going to kill a freaking slammer right. now because this PO crap is, is like motivating You're me. You're not a sheep hunter. Cause I'm a very competitive person. Yeah. So I just like clicked in my head. I'm like, Oh game. Maybe it was good. Cause it gave me a little bit of spurn. Cause that guy Motivation for some for reason you. remained in the back of my head for like the rest of the time. So we hop on the plane and we got, we left Anchorage and got above the clouds and the rest of the state was completely clear. So we had like a beautiful view of Denali as we were flying over all these mountains and things that we not like people That's like our guides amazing. are like, you don't get this when you're flying. Normally you're like in clouds and like this sucks. So we fly over land, um, sitting there, perfect sunny day. So it was like, we went from rain and crappy down like near the coast to like the interior Alaska range where it's like sunny and beautiful talking to like the right where you want to be the game sheriff like oh this is this is awesome we're excited get picked up in the super cub and they shuttle us over to this spot and we see some actually the woodland bison are in that area one of the bison herds and so we got to see them running around and um they like carve out these trails through the alders and stuff there next to the river so saw them running around in land and then me and Jesse just get out the glass again and start glassing. And we're like competition. Who's going to find the first sheep, <laughs> you know, cause we're, but I always give it cause he normally finds before I do, even though we're both really good at glassing. Right. So every time I do, I, well, don't. it's a game. It's like first person to see one on the hoof. That's like, that's just what your goal is. You're yeah. going to see the first ram. Yeah. And so when I uh, was looking for him, I was, I never let him hear the end of it when I find something first, you know? And so we're sitting there glassing and the outfitter's like, I don't think you're going to see anything. And then like 10 minutes later, Jesse's like, ah, sheep. <laughs> right. Right up on this hill in the canyon we're going, you know, right, got sheep. Right. Oh awesome. my gosh. Awesome. Like you could see the white specks. Like I was like 
in it, you know, and then we glassed up some grizzlies and some other stuff. It was like, well, it makes you feel good too. When you left an area that was the, the, the original plan, yeah. and you had to change plans, which it doesn't mean that the plan got worse, but the plan was there for the first part because it should have been the best or yeah. you would hope that the most success was going to come there. So when you have to change to your second option, that throws a whole variable into when it. When you go to Alaska, so some of the biggest sheep are killed in Alaska. So when you get an outfitter that tells you we kill big sheep here, that's where you want to go. Like, yeah. But we don't take a lot of people here because they need to be fit and willing to go hike two and a half miles in 10 hours, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because it's that brutal. So we were all game for it because um, deep down, I mean, we want to shoot the oldest sheep possible. That's yeah. like, that's conservation. Um, So we like... Uh, all of our guides, we get all grouped up. We're like, we're going to go try to, we think those ended up being about six or seven U's, you know? So it wasn't like something we were interested in, but we we're like, we know there's sheep here, yeah, <laughs> you know? And they had killed sheep around there in other sub canyons from this canyon, but they had wanted to go back here. So then we proceeded to do another death march through the alders <laughs> that was just absolutely as miserable as the first one, but maybe not as much vertical climbing. Um, my guide actually fell in the Creek and lost his trekking pole that was going through this. So that was actually a little, little scary. Um, yeah. so well, he was stuck. Like, Cause like your footing is not good. And no. it's, it's not like it's just casual hiking by yeah. any means. Yeah, no, it's not. And there's no trails. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like here where you could go hop on a trail for a few minutes and then break off. No, there's no trails. You're like, straight up bushwhacking you were, through like, the deep You were some of the first white people to enter into a canyon problem. There you go. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. what you're doing. So we get into this canyon, get to the spot where right where these, these two creeks come together. We hike through these alders and it's completely miserable, sweating, terrible time. You know, just like we can't, we're like watching on Onyx us. Like we moved like a hundred yards, but it's taking us like 30 minutes. Cause you're like entangling yourself with these big heavy yeah. packs. Like anyone that's been there and had done that, the alders crap, knows it and knows how bad it is. It's something I actually don't want to experience again, but I, right. I would for a sheep again, you know, hundred percent, but it's, it's one of those like, man, it. I really don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so we go through this all, this huge alder thicket and get back there. It was right about dark and we're like, okay, the next morning we were hoping we were going to get up on this knob and glass. Cause it was the day before the opener. So that's like, we're, that was the benefit we had is that we had planned out all this time before the opener so that we were, like could so that actually like benefited us because like we were in position to shoot sheep yeah. on the opener and gave you some time that the bad weather days yeah. wasn't cutting into your hunting mm-hmm. yet yeah like any advice i could give to anyone going on a sheep hunt try to plan for as much time as you're physically capable like responsibly with your yeah. spouse financially you know um next morning we wake up and we climb up this hill um which is a, like everything you climb there just seems to be terrible it's like supposed to be the small hill, right? Yeah. And it was terrible. <laughs> it's never easy. It's, ne- it's never easy. To go you know? anywhere. And we're seeing bear sign all over there. Like, yeah, there's a lot of grizzlies in this area. Like, not the big brown bears that we were going to see in the copper, which we didn't end up seeing one. We wish we would have. But these are like the grizzly, the grizzlies and black bears. And um, we start glassing and we're seeing, uh, we see, we see in some ewes and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there looking at the spot from like two miles away with my naked eye. I'm like, that looks like a white speck right there. And I right. pull up my binos and sure enough, there's a ram sitting there in this dumbest spot. <laughs> you know, it's like this little like ledge for sure. And two ram, two, two rams walk out. And obviously Jesse and I have a rule. It's like whoever sights it, that's sees it. It's their sheep. 
Right. Which it should be with anyone. Yeah. If I'm with anyone, if I see an animal, of course, there might be some times, like, if you take me to your secret spot, yeah. and it might still be like, oh, hey, I know there's a big big deer here or whatever. Yeah, you can't. You can't I'm still going to be like, okay, even if I see you it got a Secret spots, you got to defer. But most of the yes. time, it's especially with hunting partners, if you ever sees it. Yeah. But we knew the other drainage. So one of us was going to go up one and one was going to go up the other. We knew the other multiple days prior that they had, the pilot had seen some sheep, you know, up the other. And that historically, the other tend to, tended to be better, the other canyon. So I was like, hey, so when we were making a game plan, I was like, hey, uh, Jesse, I'm obviously going to go after this ram. Why don't you take that side then? We're yeah. supposed to be better hunting. Like uh, kind of like a civil discourse, you know, For sure. <laughs> among friends there. Um, and I'm sitting there and it's like lunchtime when I spot this ram and we're looking down through the spotter and we're like, that's a really good ram. That's a hammer. And I'm thinking for my first sheep, I'm like, legal is good. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I'm getting excited and I'm kind of used to our methods out here of just being like gung-ho, like let's go shoot him. Like he's two miles away. We have, it's light all day. We got until midnight is when shooting hours end. Like we got 12 hours to close the distance on the sheep and he's bedded. Like we could go get this done right now. And our guide was very much, um, I think you've experienced it where there's some hunters that are very go, go, go. Yeah. And some that are like, I'm going to sit, let's be patient with this. Where I was more of go, go, go. My guide that I was with is more of stand back and wait. So that's where a little bit of like, making decisions like i had a really good time with him he's a good guy but making some decisions and like i probably would hunt with him again now that i know that you just handle it different right yeah um because i would think hindsight i think i would have pushed harder to go shoot that shram right then it's beautiful day not a cloud in the sky no wind you got 12 hours I'll sleep on the side of the hill if I have to. Yeah. In in my shirt, you know. And sometimes you don't you don't know if you're going to get another opportunity. I mean, you yeah. just never know with hunting. You just know, and I just wanted a sheep so bad. I'm like, I freaking won this hunt. I don't want to go pay yeah. for it to come back, you know. Um, and uh, so we sit there, and he's like, No, we're going to wait till tomorrow, and then we're going to pack up, and we're, you're going to go kill that sheep. Or you're going to we're going to go hike up behind it. Um, and I kind of argued with him, like, Well, the wind comes down canyon. That doesn't make sense to go get up behind it and try to shoot it that way. Like that doesn't make yeah. sense to me as a hunter. And, and, th- and you're running into sometimes that that is a difficult situation to be in Yes, when you have a certain way that you might hunt. Like everyone's hunting style is different. Yeah. Some people are very strategic, which you have to be, you have to have strategy to a point, but there are times when it's like, you know what? I can close this mile gap and let's, let's just get after it. Some... It's I'm going to, I'll be dying. I'll, I'll be, it'll be hurting, but it's just like, we've got an opportunity. Let's go. And others are like, you know what? Let's, it's not super perfect right now. It's like a 50-50 if we would get this done right now. Let's just wait till tomorrow. Let's improve our odds. Hopefully, they've moved into a little bit different spot that might be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always right. It's always odds. Like, what are the odds that we can get this done? Well, yeah. if it's 40%, well, maybe tomorrow it could be 70%, or it could be 20%, or it could be gone. Like, yeah. you, just, you just don't know. And that's where we're sometimes when you're hunting with an outfitter is you don't, like, the outfitter doesn't know you. Like, he doesn't know, like, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I like to consider myself that I kill animals, like. I'm a hunter. I'm yeah. Like I get it done, <laughs> you know, um, that I know what I'm talking about when he probably gets a lot of hunters that don't cause there are out there and that's fine, you know? Yeah. And so, and I don't know, he doesn't know him and I don't know him well enough to go push him enough to be like, Hey, so that's why I say I'd hunt with him again. Cause I would love the familiarity that I know, like 
Jake and how I could go say like, Hey, remember this, how this went this way. What about if we do it this way? And you'd probably respect my, after you spend 14 days in the back country with someone, you respect them. Yeah. Just inherently, you know? So where the respect would be more back and forth where they're more him and the other guides more question was on the part of, uh, that they, uh, didn't know like, well, we don't, we haven't been up in that Canyon that sheep is. And what if we can't recover it? And I'm like, yeah. I'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> like, if I got to recover it over two days, I'll figure it out. You know, um, get me a rope. I'll fit, like, yeah. well, you know, which maybe wasn't the safe mindset and they got to keep people safe. Like there's so many things to it. There's like so many say. variables that come into this. Like it was just so, um, just that moment was probably just an opportune moment. Um, so the next day we go hike up this Creek so this creek where we're hiking up to, Jesse and I bump heads, you know, say, good luck, dude, go get your sheep, you know, text me on inReach, get me updated. Um, he goes up the other drainage and, um, like Jesse, if you've, Jesse is just an animal. He just flies. Like, yeah, he's just little, like he just doesn't got carrying around a lot, lot on him. So those little, those little guys, sometimes they can just move. Yeah. But he is a tough guy. Oh, he's, he's tough. tough Ment- mentally, mentally, like. Yeah. Rock, you know, like he, he's been on the long one of the nicest hunts. guys you'll meet too. Oh my goodness! Um, and he's like, "Hey, go kill that slammer. That's like super awesome." We were super pumped. We just wanted each other to be successful. Um, but this canyon, I went up. Right, it ends at a waterfall. So like, norm, like they on the side, they got to go up. You can go up and look up into these other canyons from the almost the bottom, and you could see them because they kind of like fan out, and you could see all the cuts up at the top of the hill. So before you got to go commit, mm-hmm. you can see a lot of the mountain. Um, where ours, you kind of had to commit to the top of the mountain, kind of come up and go around this like waterfall that you can't get around. And they were right above that waterfall. These sheep were. So my guide wanted us to go up the hill, hike around up to the back of the basin and set up a camp and then come back at them from that back area. And I was still kind of, maybe I was being a little dog headed where I was like, Hey man, I just want to like, there's, it just looked like. What I could see was this, this little landing pad, I called it. You could side hill to this landing pad and look into that canyon, got a 400-yard shot, smash right. the sheep, then go walk around and go recover him. <laughs> you know, just like make sure the sheep dies in that spot. Um, But you don't know if that would have worked either. So we're hiking. So we get to the waterfall, and then we start hiking up, and we haven't seen the sheep yet because they kind of tuck themselves back in. And now you're like 24 hours removed, right? And you start getting doubts. Like, did the sheep bust? Did it go somewhere? You have so no you, idea. They cover so much ground if they yeah. want to. And when you're going up the mountains there, everything's very spongy because you're more in the tundra now is where we were. And so when you're clawing up these peaks, like you like step and you lose 20%, you know what I mean, yeah. of your step because you're sinking into that tundra with those heavy packs and going straight up. So we were like crawling straight up with our 70-pound packs and then kind of rock, almost rock climbing through some of these areas. And we're going through... And then we see the sheep and the guide sits there and he's like, Hey, you're right. We're going to go, what we're going to do is we're going to drop down now because they're not buggered. They're just, obviously they've been there for two multiple days. There's probably water in the back of that Canyon. They don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. It's like, let's go up on that landing pad and shoot them in the morning. I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> you know? Game time. Game time. So we go down, drop down to where a semi flat spot. <laughs> you have to <laughs> say that is, yeah, nothing, nothing is, is, is optimum for camping up there. And so, and uh, set up my tent. He's in a little like TP deal with his deals. Which I was like, that felt very lightweight, but he knows better than me, you know? Yeah. Um, he sets up his and we eat some food and go to bed. 
wake up the next morning and we're sitting there and it's pretty foggy and, and it's like rolling clouds in. And he's like, I'm just waiting to see him before we move. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm going to go walk over here. I go walk over and I'm like, oh shit. Make <laughs> <Right>. me <laughs> need to bleep that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like the sheep are right, they're right there. And they're like eight, nine, they're like 900 yards away from me. So I tail the back and he's like, okay, stay. We don't want to move because they want them to see us. <clears throat> and where they had moved to made that kind of harder spot to get up to that landing pad. So he's like, okay, now we're going to go back to our original plan and go hike back up the mountain that we just climbed down because we had to climb down 75% of that mountain to this flat spot. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, so got to hike all the way up, back down, up, up, down, and then hike up and then go around the back. And uh, so we hike all the way back up, and the sheep haven't seen us because we're quite a ways away from them. And we're going through this technical section. And this is where like some of my background in like rock climbing and extreme sports really helped me was I got in a section. I thought I was going to die. Like I had my big pack on. He had gone through a spot and knocked a rock down. He said, don't go there because it's all broken up. He's like, I barely made it through. So I had to crawl down and I had basically had a free climb up this section. And I was like, I don't know how I'm getting back That's exactly, <laughs> on the way back. And I'm like, and I just had this moment where I looked down and my legs started chittering and I was holding on for dear life. And I literally like thought of my wife and kids there. And I was like, you got to get up. And so right. like, I just panicked, just crawled my way up this. And probably if you looked at it in like a safe environment, you're like, that's not that bad. Yeah, but it's <laughs> everything is amplified when it's like a case. Yeah. You've been just killing yourself, exertion. Yeah. It's been a few days. Think, things like that just are always amplified. Yeah. So we're on day three here, right? And so... But we're like kind of yelling because we're like panicked. So we look and the sheep are kind of looking our direction, but not necessarily right at us. Um, and so we're like, oh man, they think we buggered him a little bit. And they kind of moved back into the back of the canyon. And we're like, crap. So we're like, hopefully they just go back into there for safety and they're just going to hang there. And we go hike clear to the back. It takes us all day to get back there because you're just going through this steep crap. It's just not, you don't move very fast. Yeah. You just never do. We get up to this other area and we look up and there's four rams sitting there and we're like, okay, one's basically legal, but they're dumping up over into the side Jesse's in. So I'm messaging Jesse, hey, legal ram heading up that way. You got to be keep an eye out for it. Um, he didn't end up shooting that ram, but he'll have to tell his side of the story because he went on a total other. All right, he was <laughs> somewhere total, else. Totally somewhere else. We didn't see we didn't see each other until we got back to Twin Falls yeah. after we left that canyon. We thought we might hook up again. Um. We crawl up and get on this flat, and I had messaged Jesse that, and then we're all both like, we need a both need a break, we need to eat, we need a nap. Like we're just so burned on yeah. going up and down and non decisiveness, and uh, so uh, we uh, both lay down for a nap, and we both just slept through an alarm because we were gonna go try to kill that ram that night. We were gonna leave all of our stuff and go. We had one ridge in between us, like a pretty good sized ridge, and we were gonna go climb up and over that ridge and drop down and shoot that ram. And uh, I get a message while I'm napping. Jesse texts me, ram down. <laughs> so this is like, so day three, Jesse's done, right? So we wake up on day four, and we go climb up and over, and it is blowing completely sideways, rain. We're sitting there in the rocks waiting for the sheep to appear, just freezing, just the coldest I've ever been in. Like, it was skiing or anything, the coldest I've ever been in my life. 
and I don't know what it is because it's like 40 degrees, so it shouldn't right. be. I, I, it's got to be that your exertion is so, so high at that yeah. point that you've lost so much energy that your body just doesn't fight the, the elements as much. Yeah. As well as it should. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was wild. So it was cold. <clears throat> and you're also thinking you're back to freak. Jesse just killed a sheep already. I'm yeah. still hunting. Yeah, like, a little bit. And I thought I was going to kill mine, and then he was going to be hunting for a while. You, know? you saw the first we, shooter. We, thought, we saw him, and we were refinding yeah. him. So we were very confident we were going to find him. But obviously, as I'm alluding to, we looked in everywhere we could, and um, we just couldn't find him. Just disappeared. Just absolutely disappeared. And um, I was super bummed out. Um, and he's like, okay, we're going to go check in these other drainages. you know. But we saw two spots where – fresh dig outs because they go kick out their bed right fresh dig outs and then fresh tracks across shale that hadn't been moved that were like so you can see the little dark prints of them leaving that canyon um into the next drainage which is a huge other drainage and we had left our camp so we couldn't really commit to them at that point so it takes us all day to go up there and check and check and check we didn't see a sheep then all that day absolutely absolutely murdered us we get back to camp and i don't know why we left our camp Maybe because I was tired and I, we were both, it's just like those situations where you just agree to it. Yeah. You know, like you're both tired. Um, We're both big individuals. We're both hiking our guts out, you know, so we just agreed to it and we get back to our camp. But it was kind of nice because that camp was like perfect. It was completely flat. It was a little flat plateau. It was completely flat. It had a glacier stream right there. You had plenty of water. And at this point, this is where those liquid IVs saved me is. I was drinking those a night before I went to bed and I was actually able to sleep, which was nuts because when you're normally that heart tired, what people don't talk about, sometimes when you're that big of a caloric deficit and you're that worn out, it's hard to fall asleep because you're oh, yeah. dehydrated. Your body doesn't want to because it's like trying to do so many things that this, those liquid IVs saved me and I was able to sleep. So slept that night. That was day four or five. Then we hiked up and we're like, okay, we're going to go look in this other, other drainage. Go find new sheep crawl up this other deal and we look in a canyon don't see anything we're eating lunch there and we're not seeing anything and storms are rolling in we knew weather was going to start rolling in and start being a big problem you know so we were getting sporadics of it but we got a weather update and it was going to get pretty nasty um we look clear out there four miles find another ram four miles away where we're like okay we're going to go back and get our we had left our camp again because we were kind of just checking these canyons because our camp was actually in a really centralized spot so you could check these other canyons yeah. And hopefully find a ram right there, right? He's like, we're going to go over here and check this other canyon first for the day. And if we don't see anything, we're going after those sheep and we're going to have a freaking haul tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so um, that's four miles of the bird flies that you're looking straight, straight line, not what your actual travel time will be, right? Yeah, it's going to take you a day. Yeah, it's good to get uh, at least, you know, but it looked like a decent sheep. Um. So then we go back and we're looking the spot and we look back at where the sheep has been sitting there this whole time, you know, the sheep that we've been hunting and there's two sheep sitting there, two back rams, in the same spot, basically like a ridge over and right. They're freaking right back there. You know, <laughs> they're, like, they're right there. <laughs> Just toying with you. <laughs> you know, and, um, could you tell, was it the same ram? Well, we couldn't cause the wind was blowing. We couldn't get a good deal. We could tell you it was a ram that there are rams. And they're in this really killable shoot now. They had moved into like a really, really killable spot. And so Jake, my guide's like, okay, we're going to go back to here and um, get our stuff. And then we're running like down to basically where our camp was like a few nights back where, you know, we could probably shoot them from right there because where they're moving, they're moving down towards the bottom of the drainage 
probably to find water because they'd moved out of their water source to go find water. So we go run all the way back. The hardest I had freaking hoofed it. Throw our camp in. We're running down the hill trying to beat the weather in time because we can see clouds coming, right? And uh, we're coming down. We hadn't got there yet. And we're kind of like, because there's those cuts where we had tried to rock climb through. So we were trying to find a better way through that. Um, we were sitting there and I was looking on my own and I look up and Jake's running at me, running back towards me. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? And he's like, storm. <laughs> so I look up and it's just a wall coming at us. So I throw down and I'd gotten really good at setting up my tent at this point and had it out like, like yeah. easy to get on my pack. So the sheep were not in there. You saw this and you could tell that it was like almost like a microburst or something. It's like the whole adventure experience. I get my tent set up in it and throw my bag in it and I jump in it without setting up my sleeping bag or pad and it just hits. Just this windstorm hits and just folds the inside of my tent on top of me and just rain. And I'm like, I peek out and Jake's next to me and he's like, we're here for the night. We'll have to find those sheep in the morning. <laughs> Which that, and that's the thing that just sucks so bad is because yeah. it's like you have a great opportunity to write coming. Yeah. You just, weather, but you just never know. And yeah. that's where I, I train, but like, I obviously I could have trained more. You just don't know how much you're supposed to train Yeah, until you go, you know? So now it's like I work out or try to keep working out just in case I get called on like a cancellation or something, yeah, you know, <laughs> like yes. you just never know when opportunity is going to strike and you don't want to be out of shape because yeah. that's huge. But, um, next morning we wake up, it's foggy. So we sit there and wait for the fog to break and it finally breaks. Cause it's all not foggy. It's just clouds. Cause you're up high in the mountains. So clouds are there and some news. So we were seeing sheep almost every day, except for one day, which was crazy. Right. Um, so there's like plenty of sheep. There's a couple, a lamb and two or two lambs and ewes behind us about lost their lives. Cause we saw white and I was flipping around my gun. Right. <laughs> you thinking know, something's we, happening. we weren't thinking we were just waiting, finding illegal sheep at that point. Um, cause what day are you on now? Like day six, seven, seven or eight. Seven or eight, you know, yeah. <laughs> being in this drainage, you know, um, so like day 10 of total time, including the time where I was in on the Copper River. Oh, that's right. You know, um, so then we're sitting there and Jesse's message me. He's like, I'm home. <laughs> Why? Well, I remember because I started getting all kinds of pictures from Jesse. It's yeah. like he had his Ram and everything. And I'm yeah. like, and he's like, yeah, I'm back. And I'm like, oh, so did, did Dallin kill too? And he's like, Dallin's still up there. Yeah, man. He's so, still on the mountains. Yeah, I had ended up being up there like another five days past when Jesse had gotten back to twin. Yeah. Which would have been like better if I would have been flipped for my family purposes. Cause like, you know, because <laughs> like, you've already been on a sheep you've hunt. You've been and... a sheep hunt, you know, and not saying that Jesse's family doesn't love him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But his, his um, children are growing and out of the house. You know, he had his girlfriend, now fiance at the time that there, but that's, I had two little ones just not comparing, but whatever. Um, anyway. so right now it's getting rough on the mountain because oh. you've been gone for so long. You've killed yourself constantly. You're, you're, you're probably not feeling much is left in the tank anyways. At yeah. This point. I was feeling pretty spent at that point and the fog lifted and we saw those Rams and they weren't, or one was a full curl Ram, but it was a pygmy Ram where it was like a six year old full curl. So we technically could have shot it, but it's not what I went there for. Yeah. So it was like literally like it's was like that, like a donut hole is what it wrapped around. For sure. <laughs> it was just some weird genetic deal that we could have shot it. So it wasn't the same Rams. It was just different sheep. And the other one was like three-quarter curl with it. And they were like 600 yards 
away from us when it, the fog lifted. So our plan was like sound, right? When we saw spotted them, we knew they were rams, but we couldn't get a clear clarification yeah. on them. And sometimes you got to just make a decision to go. Yeah, and so yeah. you just you see rams, and they're way closer than the two mile away ram. Even the two mile away ram would look like a good ram, or four, yeah. three, whatever the far away ram looked like a really good ram. You just have to go, like you, you like it was the obvious decision, yeah. you know. So we went down and camped down again at the Y where we had left Jesse, because we decided, well, we can't, we're not going to go beat our butts because we have to like we're now we're thinking of pickup with the plane, you know. You've been there eight days, I think it was eight days at that point. Um, chasing this one sheep, you had, I think we had two left is what we were, the goal was, was maybe 10 in that field, or maybe it was three left or something. I can't remember exactly. Um, so we went down and camped at that Y. We were going to go up there because we knew there was more sheep up there because Jesse had messaged me. He's like, yeah, there was like nine rams in the band that I shot mine in. And we had seen that legal ram go up and over, if you remember, like four days before into that canyon. So we're like, if nothing bogger than him, that legal ram's probably in there. That's probably our play. And we got message from the pilot that we had to change where we were going because he couldn't pick us up. He could drop us off where he went, but he couldn't take off with all of our gear from that same spot. So we had to go to where Jesse and his guide had built a airstrip, which was like a total long haul down there. So we start hiking up that canyon the next day, and uh, my guide's pissed about this. Like he was very, very upset and it was fogged down. So we couldn't look up those canyons. The fog had set in so down that we couldn't see 20 yards up the hill. So we couldn't look up those canyons. We didn't want to walk up the canyon at all. Well, you're not going to sneak up on one. Uh, yeah. You're not going to sneak up on one. And so you don't want to blow anything out. Yeah. Really. Um, so we were sitting there in the rain under a tarp. I was just playing games on my phone and I kind of looked at him and I was like, I was almost at a breaking point. I was messaging Jesse. I'm like, I'm at my tip. You know, so this is like day nine, right? I'm it's like brutal. I'm at my tip. I've been still away from my family for like 13 days now. <laughs> you know, on this adventure, it's been great. I've had my time. And I kind of looked at my kind of like I'm not going to kill sheep, am I? And he's like, no, don't lose hope. And then he got in a really bad. He got himself got in a bad place and was really pissed off about changing the where we had to go. And I was sitting there like, man. And so he kind of like, we were like, okay, we need to move up and go find a spot to camp. We need to go find a flat spot because we we're in this riverbed. You can't fly up there. So we needed to go find a bench to camp on because it was getting dark. We literally sat for hours just in the fog. Just sit there, twiddling your thumbs. Like the most Hoping boring. and praying that it would break for you. Yeah. And I think we, we ended up actually having one tent day earlier. That's where my days were getting mixed up where we were in the tent the entire day, which like I downloaded some movies on my phone and some, and some books to read and yeah. You try to do, keep yourself entertained, play games, play a lot of solitaire. Something, right? <laughs> Something know? to make you so you don't go, you don't just drive yourself crazy. Yeah, and a guy with like ADHD, like I have, like you just you're losing it. Yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely just wanting well, to this go. This many days in there, it, it gets tough. And you're just like so worn out because you've been carrying this heavy pack. Your body's to the absolute limit, absolute. You know, um, you go find this flat spot. We camped that night. I camped like 50 yards from him because we were like kind of like angry at each other, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and um, which is funny because like we still text and talk all the time and we're yeah. friends. But at this point, like, at this you point, we're like, your breaking points and you like, just say I could have been with you or Jesse. We probably would have been camped uh, 50 yards probably, apart. <laughs> probably you know? would have to be. <laughs> and uh, next morning we wake up and it's clear, but it's windy and kind of stormy. And he's like, 
this was whatever day nine ten um and he was like we're gonna find a sheep today and i'm like he's like i'm sorry and i'm like i'm sorry you know we gotta have this heart to heart like love you man moment you know let's quote some anchor man some more there you go there you go (laughs) time to because that's what you do is you two guys 30 year olds in the mountains you quote anchor man (laughs) back and forth at each other and i look up there i'm like there's four dots right there (laughs) and we're like let's go let's close the distance and find out what they are and we close the distance and sure enough they're sheep they're rams we close the distance some more and they're kind of on us at this point and uh we're like one we're pretty positive is legal and i'm like no way is this coming together right now right and it is blowing sideways off and on rain crap you know but no fog so we could still see but we we're just getting hammered and uh i'm like i and i told my god i'm like i can shoot him from down here in the bottom like i am confident enough with this rifle system i can kill him from here he's like well let's just to be sure let's climb up so we climbed to the top of the mountain <laughs> So this is like a smaller mountain, but it was shaly, so it was really hard to move up. Yeah. So we go up there, and we just basically got blown off the mountain. The wind was blowing so hard. We couldn't stay there. We couldn't survive up there. It was that cold and that blowy that we were, like, colder than I was the two, four days before sitting there. We were both sitting there and are just locking up. Yeah. And he's like, we can't do this. We got to go back down. I'm like, okay. So we go back down. The three or four little rams... Our, our, uh, the stupid two ewes and two lambs from earlier show up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and bust out these, this ram's buddies, but he's walking out there on this face by himself. And we're like, oh crap, this is after like waiting six hours after we had like discovered like this one could, we could potentially shoot. That's how long we're waiting for this, the right moment. And he's like, you get in a spot. So I'm getting the spot with my gun and I'm ranging, dialing, ranging, dialing, ranging, dialing. And he's like, I'm like 650, 750. You know, like, he's like, dude, you got to give me a call if he's yeah. legal or not. We're at 800 yards. This is a poke. Yeah. <laughs> this is a poke. And he's like, I'm sitting there. I have the safety off. He's like, shoot him. Bang. <laughs> I hit him. He turns around. I rack another one, and I hit him again, but I hit him really far back in the haunches on the second shot. But I break his back, and he rolls and rolls and rolls and then rolls off a cliff. <laughs> Well, that's the hard thing when you're hunting in these high mountains. Yeah. You try you, you try to kill an animal in the perfect spot where it's not going to happen, but man. Yeah, and it's happen. like but like I didn't care. Like yeah. it was the biggest hug to like a guy that was a stranger to me oh, 2 weeks ago, you know, that we just been through so much crap together. Um walked up to him. His face was all mashed in so the tr- I don't have any good trophy pictures of him. I just have some okay ones. Um, smaller Ram, but, um, nine-year-old Ram, I was super happy. Like, I like, I just can't like even think about it right now. I just, I can't describe your body wants to break. Just <laughs> yeah. thinking about the experience. Oh my gosh. Like out of this body surreal, like that's like made me a sheep hunter. Like, I don't like, it's like sometimes with those sheep hunts, I think, I think it fully depends if you're successful or not. Cause if you go through all that crap on your first go and you're not, well, it makes you wonder, like, how well, yeah. what would your, your what would your feeling be if you had not killed one? Well, would now, you be like, okay, I'd go again? I think that, like, with me, <clears throat> one thing I think back on it is having grown up how I did is I grew up on advent, going on adventures, right? So, like, I grew up going on, like, 50 milers for fun with my family, you know? Like, going on, riding 100 miles on a mountain bike in a day. Like, yeah. <laughs> just crap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think I was mentally ready for a lot of that crap. 
and that I, I think I still would want to go again more to prove to myself that I could kill a sheep, but I wouldn't be like a sheep hunter. I think, I think I'd be going for that purpose versus, um, right now that I don't go a day doesn't pass where I don't think about Alaska in my doll sheep hunt. Yeah. Days pass where I don't think where I don't think about Mexico and my giant sheep, but my little dinker sheep that I killed in Alaska, that's like not very big or special at all, but immensely special to me. Well, that's what it really comes down to. And with anything in our lives, the things that you struggle with, the things that you have to go through the crap and, and those things, of course, those are the things you're going to remember, right? Mm-hmm. It's growing up, going on a 50 miler with your family, or or as like a youth group when you would do that, you would just go in, in these miserable conditions. But that's what I think catches people in the sheep hunting world, or, or any hunting, right? Elk, deer, it doesn't really matter. I mean, sheep just puts you into rough environments. Yeah, you don't normally ch- chase elk and have two days where you're rained out and stuck in a tent because nope. it's so windy because you have trees to shelter yourself. I mean, there's lots of other variables. No. Doesn't mean that it can't happen. But it's just that's why you will never forget that hunt, too, is because it was so miserable. And actually, I'll tell you the last little bit here. The last, the next two days were actually some of the most memorable parts. <laughs> yeah. It was getting out of there alive. Um, it's like we shot him, right? And then we had to go up the hill, drag him down, and start quartering or cleaning. Or no, no, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> you got to got to remember all the details. Got to remember exactly how it happened. We found water, which was a blessing because <laughs> yeah. we were out of water at that point. We clean them up. I'm sitting there quartering them, or he's my guide's quartering them and caping them. I'm sitting there um, deboning them, all the meat, right? And it is just blowing sideways, hailing on us as we're out there doing this. Not trying to cut your fingers. Your hands are completely numb and soaked in blood, and we're like, this sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so. We pile it all up and we're just like, so one thing we had found of why we think we, those sheep blew out. I did miss this. The target ran from the beginning was when we were coming back right before that storm hit, we were right where we, those sheep, we thought they saw us or heard us. They probably heard us, but I don't think they ever saw us, but there, there was a bear den right there <laughs> and it had just been out. So that deer, bear was probably just down the hill from us digging out roots and stuff because it was all very freshly torn up yeah so we know there's a bear in the canyon so now we have all this meat on us and we're and you got a carcass there that's carcass attracting there. how much so we believe that that bear is what spooked those two other sheep because mm. these bears some of them are like they're at the top of the mountain like they'll be up there some of these bears we were seeing like up there with the sh- where the sheep would be you know and so that sh- that's a big predator to them yeah um, so we know there's there, there's bears there, and we had heard there's wolves in the area. So we now we got meat everywhere. Didn't sleep very well that night, and so the next day we had to go do this slog that was like I think it was six miles is where we had to go. But we had to go up and over a pass and drop. They had to go up like two thousand vertical feet and drop five <laughs> clear to the bottom of this river, and then fall this river for like three four miles to get to this landing strip that they built. Right. So, um, we put the packs on, which they're like 130 pounds now with the yeah. sheep in them. And we're going up, we find a sheep trail that makes it up to the pass. And then you're going down and I don't, there's just nothing you can do when your pack's that heavy, but the toe bang, when you're going down 5,000 vertical feet where your big toe is hitting the front of your boot, you can't tighten your boot enough. Yeah. These boots fit wonderfully to me the entire time until then. So we get down there and then we get into the alder brush. 
your, <laughs> favorite, your favorite, my place favorite to be. place to be. But now my pack weighs an extra sixty pounds. Yep. And you know? hey, but you do have a ram on your. back. I do have a ram on my back, and I have at some pretty good pictures of it. With that. Looking at the vista with this ram on my back, and it was so like it was worth it. Like we ran. The problem was is we didn't fill up enough water, so halfway down this hill we ran out of water. And we, so we didn't even get close enough. And we're like, we can get there so quick we could see it. We're like, it's just right there. But that's like, it's the biggest it's, lie you yes. could tell yourself. So we're coming down and we find it. And it takes us so long to make it downhill through this alders that we get down to this river, which is a pretty good sized river, and it's getting dark. And we know we have to meet the cub the next, mor- the next day at lunch to get us to the next plane to get us to back to Anchorage so I can get my flight at 7 a.m. in two days' time, or else I might be divorced by the time I get yeah, back. Yeah, you probably would be, yes. <laughs> and my kind is very well knowledgeable of this. If I yeah. have to push a plane, I could be in Anchorage for two days, Yeah, you know? So we go down, we start hiking, and then we get down next to the river, and that's where all the grizzlies are, is next to the river, right? And I see tracks just this big, and there's a meat sack attached to me. And we're sitting there like borderline hallucinating, just moving so slow because we're dehydrated. I drink right out of that river, some of the nastiest, dirtiest, grittiest water. I needed a mouthful. Then another rainstorm hits us, and it's like, I want to say it's one in the morning at this point, and we were like a mile and a half away still, and we were like falling over logs in the dark because it kind of gotten dark at that point, and we were like, we have to like stop. And so we just stopped and laid in like the jungle is the best way to describe it floor we put a tarp up and then we funnel the tarp into some water bottles to catch marine water and uh, just macgyver it we're just macgyvering it and we're like this is so this day was the longest day of my life because we woke up early to try to make it thought we were we were totally struggling you know absolutely like survival mode yeah you know like out of food because we had ran out of dry, dehydrated meals at this point because <laughs> we go I'm like, we ate you, a little bit of sheep yeah, you know yeah. but that's right. like we were surviving you know out of our protein bars so like I mean, that's all you can do at this point yeah and exactly. especially it's like when you see the light at the end of the tunnel like you know you're close we know, you know we're, you're we, we're so close and we keep talking that there's this place called the Moose's Tooth in Anchorage where we went and got pizza we're like we're gonna go slam some pizzas at the Moose's Tooth when we get back to Anchorage, <laughs> you know. And, and, and that's just a little bit of motivation. A little bit of motivation right was there. It wasn't, and uh, and I sit there. I'm like, man, that night though, I didn't sleep very well. I <laughs> I pulled out my sleeping bag and put my boots, my whole wet body in my sleeping bag, even with my boots on, and try to sleep under that tarp. And we woke up that morning and we're like, well, we gotta try now. And then. We were hiking and it was wet, but it was sunny. And we're like, okay, we can move. We got some energy. We got a little bit of water. Um, we could we collected and we drank it because we just like let's just drink it now. We're dehydrated. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we try to save it or not. We're dehydrated, so we drank it and we start walking and uh, we kind of got lost. <laughs> but we were following what I talked to you about earlier is these bison trails along the river. So we found these bison trails and they were guiding us. Almost like, and you hope the, they're going the right. The, spot. We hope they're going the right spot. But um, there's one point I was crawling up over a log, and I don't know how. Like I had said some prayers and talked about having some faith. I said some prayers like, "Hey, I just I need help getting out," you know, not to be all religious or anything. But I stepped on this log to step over, and I slipped, and my leg got pinned, and I fell back over another log, which leverage I should have blown an ACL at least, yeah. right? <laughs> nothing, nothing happened to me. 
I don't know. I was there for a minute straining, like thinking my leg was going to snap. Yeah. Because I had this heavy pack and I had to unbuckle my pack and drop it. <laughs> and my guide was ahead of me because we'd gotten separated. And I was just like, I had to like get on my knees at that moment and say a prayer saying, thank you, like for watching out for me somehow. Because how easily you could have hurt yourself. Oh my gosh. Into a terrible, terrible spot. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I didn't. Um, still think of this, I got super emotional because it was like, I'm at my limit. Like I've said for like three days now, Absolutely. You're, you're <laughs> I'm so four days far past, past my limit, limit that, um, I just like, I don't know how, I really don't know how my leg was intact. Um, got my pack back on and just walked the rest of the way. And then we were like, we're lost. And then I looked down and this is funny because me and Jesse have the same boots and I'm like. I looked down because we were trying to figure out where they crossed this river. I'm like, they crossed right there because there's, Je- see his there's Jesse's footprint right there. Oh, and awesome. It was like kind of one of those cool moments <laughs> of like my buddy was here a couple days ago. For sure. At you least know, you're or, somewhat oh, in the right spot. I'm in the right spot. And like, it's probably like right over there. And so then we have to cross this river that's nippled up to our nipples. <laughs> 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 and that was uh, me having been a river guide. I've been some stuff at my guide necessarily. Um, he was pretty worried about it, but we got across fine. Um, and then there was a spring there and got to drink some water. And the plane showed up about 30 minutes later. Like, that's you how didn't close miss your plane. That's how close we cut it. it was about 30 minutes later yeah. the plane showed up. And we flew to the ranger station. Plane came in and uh, flew home. <laughs> and you made that. And, and, and you're still married. And I'm still married. And I actually, funny story was my parents were going on an Alaska cruise and landed in Anchorage at the same time I landed in Anchorage. Oh, that's on my awesome. other flight, so we went to dinner with each other that night. And you <laughs> probably Anchorage. were like, and they looked at like me, this beat dog. Oh, I was beat, emaciated. There, I, I went and weighed myself. I lost thirty five pounds on that hunt. <laughs> there you go. You need to lose weight. Go, <laughs> go on go a, a backcountry sheep hunt. It's the best. It's the best program. If you want to lose weight in fourteen days, that's go on a backcountry sheep hunt. But man, that that's crazy. I mean, the amount of time that you spend up out there, and it's like you had to have been so depressed. A lot oh, of that. A lot of it. But it's like that moment, like flying home from Anchorage, I was like, man, I can wait a minute before I go on a sheep hunt again. But now, like... You're ready to go I, I've been ready to go for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, it's like in the moment, you're like, that was so miserable. But it's yeah. like you always look back on it, and you're like, wow, some incredible things. And also, I love gear, too. So I love that, like, that's like the extreme testing of your gear. Yeah. That I can go and, like, because I love to kind of finick and try new things. I mean, you've talked about that before. That I like, I already have like my new gear list plan. Like I'm changing this out for this, for sure. this out and this. You know, if I'm like kind of depending. Well, and on it's where unfortunate. I go. Sometimes you have to be in the, the <coughs> environment to yeah. know what's working and what's not. Like even just like in the beginning when you and Jesse were in that other spot, and you're like, oh, I need to ditch this because it's just too much weight and it's not worth taking. Exactly. Yeah. Or or I need this and that and that's where it's like you can spend a lot of money on equipment to drop weight. Yeah. Like one thing I would have changed that I for sure would have brought is I didn't bring my spotter with me. Yeah. I a hundred percent am taking my spotter. I don't care if it weighs more. Adds a little bit of <laughs> like, weight. Cause at least you'd hope that you could maybe see some of the Rams that yeah. you're like, okay, not worth pursuing. Yeah. Or... Cause like I, I was glassing with the Swarovski NL twelves, which are amazing set of glass, you know, but nothing beats your ninety five where you can go help your outfitter, you know. Um but she had a real, he had a nice vortex or something like that, which we did the job. But yeah. maybe we would have noticed that like that pygmy ram was a pygmy if we had the Swarovski. 
never know, yeah. right? You never know. <laughs> and you'll always look back on something like this too, and you're like, man, should have done this, should have done that. Wish we would have pursued here and not yeah. here. Wish we had a crystal ball, right? That we could know exactly how these things are. But that's hunting. That, yeah. That's that's the adventure in it. You just don't know. Yeah. Sometimes and it's like flipping a coin. Should I go up this valley or should I go up this other valley? You and, never know what's going to happen. And the crazy part is, is the next week, my out, my guide killed that ram, the big ram we were chasing with the guy, hunter going onto that landing pad that I talked to him about. That's awesome. And he and unfortunate up, for you, but he was like, uh, I think he was 39 and a half inches on one side. That's awesome. An absolute stud. And I was like, well, you know, it just wasn't in the carts that I shoot 185 you, you, you inch ram and be then humbled or something <laughs> yeah, I on that trip. Something. <laughs> but that's the great thing. You'll have many more sheep yeah. hunts coming to you. Too. Maybe. I got to win them. That's true. <laughs> Two weeks, right? Yeah. So if, if anyone's listening, remember the Dallin strategy is just do raffles. Do raffles. Raffles are the way that you sheep so, hunt. Someone has to win. If your 100%. name's not in the basket, you're never going to win. 100%. You know, so. So it's like you got to give yourself an opportunity. Yeah. And you'll you know, have an incredible experiences like you. Oh had. my gosh! And I can't. I think everyone, every hunter, even if you're like you're really into bird hunting, yeah, you know, like, but you've got to go on sheep hunts with your brother. Yeah. So you kind of get you kind of get it. I've gotten spoiled, and and I know Brady talked about it on like one of our recent podcasts. Is sometimes like you don't have to be the hunter. Yeah. And it's just it's like even like Jesse going with you to Mexico or oh, if I your wouldn't buddy change has that for a tag, a thing. yeah, that gives you an an opportunity that won't break you financially it's not you don't have to be super rich to be able to be a a, a spectator for these hunts an observer like go and do it because you get the full it's like if i was there with you on that hunt i would have been in that same miserable probably more miserable because i didn't have the time like okay we're done dude let's go you're in the back of my head saying like we're bailing bro (laughs) but it's just get out and do it because you never know if you're going to enjoy it or not until you try it well that's where that's such like a invasive way to go like i think every hunter should go try to do a sheep hunt if you can go yourself you know, or if you could draw a Rocky tag, like some of these wilderness Rocky tags, maybe not some of the ones yeah. where you drive a truck to like the true wilderness hunt, like everyone should try one, like be well, push yourself to push the yourself, like find out what you're made of. Cause I found out I was made of way more than I thought I was, Yeah, which is actually like opened up my hunting and me knowing what's possible way more. Yeah. Like now I'm putting in for a Rocky tag that I wouldn't have put in for. Like it's got better draws because it's such a butt kicker. Yeah. But now I'm like, well, I've done a butt kicker and I did it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And a lot of and it I is could go that. do this butt kicker. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know? just mentally gotta tell yourself to just do it. Mm-hmm. But you gotta train, you gotta prepare yourself. 100%. You have to get ready for it. It's not something like I could wake up tomorrow. I'm not in sheep shape right now. Like I I wouldn't oh, be able I'm to. I'm not do it, t- so. today I'm not, but uh, Working towards it. That's so. that's it's a process, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Got no. still working on some holiday stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Always is the start of the new year. Yeah. But but Dallin, thank you so much for telling your stories and things like that. I mean, oh, now problem, now man. we're gonna have to get Jesse's side of things. Oh so. my gosh, his is his is another funny whirlwind. A lot shorter. It won't be as long of a podcast, but his is a crazy little whirlwind in its own. Yes. And its as own is, right. anytime you go, you're gonna have a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, and he probably has some different ideas on Mexico too. You know. Absolutely. So, I mean, he's a good guy. So, Well, thank you, Dallin, yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Killer Outdoors podcast. Thanks, Dallin.